And now, introducing the man, the myth, the... Wait, wait a second, Glenn. D did you write this? I can't use this. I'm not going to lie to these people. Guys, he's Glenn Clark. Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Paul Valley. Lil Jordan is here this morning as well. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. Finally. Effing finally. Uh, Jordan has something to add. Yes, Jordan. My friends are actually going tonight, and they said there is a uh, special guest appearance. Well, I know the, as yeah. of this morning. In fact, that we're going to check in maybe. See, call John Colson and see. He's there, and he had said maybe he would buzz in. I don't know what's going on. Like, if it makes sense, you know, we'll have him. We'll have him uh, talk for a minute. Um, but I know as of this morning, I don't know who's going on tonight, but this morning, Ed Reed is there. Um, uh, Ron Jaworski is there. Uh, Governor Hogan is there. Somebody else is there, too, I think. Uh, who else is there? I swear I saw that there was somebody else that was on the list that was there. Uh, da -da -da -da. Uh, Bruce Smith, Buffalo Bills legendary pass rusher Bruce Smith. Is there? I guess he had a cameo in Washington at the end of his career too. So maybe they're trying. I thought that was totally random. I'm like, oh, Br Bruce Smith, Baltimore legend. I mean, iconic football player. Um, but so who's there? Who's supposed to be there tonight? Who do you? What do you? Oh, hang on. We need Jordan's microphone back on here. I'll I'll, I'll help with it. Can you turn? Yeah, go ahead, please. Yeah. I'm trying to find it, but I'm pretty sure it was. Hogan, and then I also think it was Tory Smith. I saw. All right, well, that make a lot of sense. Yeah. It seems it makes makes all the sense in the world. Um, it's finally here. You can finally go to Live Casino and Hotel, as well as um, uh, I think an MGM down in the National Harbor, and I want to say uh, downtown at the Horseshoe as well. But you know, obviously, we're partners, and we believe in what the Live Casino Hotel is doing. And you can finally go there as of this morning, and you can place your bets there at the FanDuel Sportsbook. And if you haven't seen Sports and Social, it is an amazing place to hang out. I'm looking forward to uh, next Wednesday is going to be the day that I make my first bets in the state of Maryland. I have obviously bet on sports plenty in my life, but this will be a little bit different for me as on Wednesday. I am going to go personally for the first time here in my backyard, and I am going to place bets. I haven't decided exactly what I'm going to do. Like I don't. I I think it needs to be on something that's going to happen that night so that I can get like an answer. I think I'm going to pick some college basketball games that are going on on Wednesday night. I'm going to bet those. I think that's going to be the plan for my plan of attack for Wednesday. But I am looking forward to uh, putting my own bets in on Wednesday at Live Casino and Hotel. As you can do that now, that is finally, finally the case that you can put bets in as of today at Live Casino Hotel. So that's good news, and um, we're happy about that. And hopefully the state will hurry the F up when it comes to mobile betting and online betting and why that isn't the case. That's a whole different conversation that uh, – <sighs> It's frustrating. I'm not going to lie about that. It's really frustrating that we have gotten this far and you still can't bet on your computer or on your phone. I don't understand it, and I never will. But the important part is that you can bet legally in the state of Maryland as of today at Live Casino and Hotel. 
Coming up on the program this morning, we are going to check in with um, Bo Smolka, Pressbox Ravens beat writer, get his thoughts on where the Ravens find themselves. What's the secondary going to look like without Marlon Humphrey? we got a lot of things to cover with Bo when he joins us here in a few minutes later on this hour. Uh, Kevin Harlan, the great Kevin Harlan, he is on the call for Ravens-Brown Sunday for CBS, and he always goes out of his way to make time for us because he's a good man. Uh, on on top of being just a phenomenal broadcaster, so we'll catch up with Kevin Harlan later on this hour. John says he's ready. If you are, <clears throat> it's fine. Go ahead and give him a call. Go ahead and give him a call. Um, also coming up a little bit later on this morning, Jeffrey Chidia from NFL Network, NFL dot com, will check in with us. He had some thoughts about the Ravens this week uh, in his column, so we will uh, chat with him about that. And later on in the program, Don Marcus, who covered uh, the University of Maryland for years for the Baltimore Sun. And now has a new podcast project out, uh, The Mixed Legacy of Len Bias. We're going to talk to him about that. Obviously, we'll talk to him about Mark Turgeon on top of it. And uh, we'll hear segment number two of the Tyus Bowser Show to wrap things up today on the program. So a very, very busy Friday on GCR. Uh, our uh, most worshipful grandmaster, John Colson, is down at Live Casino and Hotel. John, have you put any bets in so far this morning? Not yet, because... Ed Reed just placed his first bet, and I would have had to knock him out of the way. Oh, he was getting so, the ceremony. So. This is like a ceremonial first pitch type of situation. He gets to make the ceremonial first bets. Yes, Ed Reed, uh, Bruce Smith, and Ron Jaworski. Yeah, all were here. As you know, I believe they they're like the super friends. They're like a superhero troop that uh, travels around the world and uh, saves the world from places where there aren't sports betting. I think is how that works. The three of them they go from place to place. Uh, festive exactly atmosphere. Festive atmosphere. I assume down there at Live Casino Hotel today. Yeah, it's very cool. The governor's here. All the people from the Maryland Lottery. They have you know this place is amazing. The sports and social. Um, gambling parlor that they have the sports betting area is is really cool it's a hundred feet of video screens and now they've got 10 windows and probably 20 or 30 kiosks that you can uh, go up and place your sports bets starting like right now i'm stoked cool. i'm stoked i'm gonna you and i are gonna go back down there on wednesday i know and i'm i am you know I've, I've done a lot of betting in my life but i've never put in a legal sports bet here in my backyard in my own hometown and so in a weird way, I'm like oddly looking forward to just I, – I'm going to bet on something I don't give a, a, even a half a crap about when we go down there on Wednesday, John, just so I can say that I've put in a sports bet in my hometown legally, which is something I've never done before. And that's what I'm about to do. Ed Reed actually placed his first bet on an MMA fight. Okay, sure. Well, there's a big UFC card coming up on Saturday night, yeah. so that makes a lot yeah. of sense. I I don't know what it is I'm going to choose to bet on. I'm going to look at the college basketball schedule. I don't know how long we're like we're going down there to hang out on Wednesday night. Ideally, I'm going to put a bet in that we're going to get an answer on before we leave. So that's oh, why I'm, well, that's cool. I'm thinking college basketball games are only about two hours long. So I'm looking at the college basketball schedule. I'm going to choose one. I'm going to choose a game on Wednesday night that I don't care even a little bit about, like. North Carolina Central Gardner Webb <laughs> is a game that tips off at seven o'clock, and I might so just be, throw a couple bucks in on that. Be truthful here, though. Is it because you don't want to drive all the way back down here to collect your winnings? I, I mean, now wait a second. I trust me. I've been to Sports and Social a couple times. At some point, <laughs> I'm going to spend some more time at Sports and Social. That's going to happen. Um, and I might even, I know you got your tickets for Bill Burr. I might make a, make a, make a trip down there to see him as well. I'm going to, I yeah. assure you there will be further trips 
to live casino and hotel in my future, despite the fact that I live, obviously, far away from everything up where I live in northern Baltimore County. It is uh, cool to be in in the area and look at the tote board with right. all the odds and all that stuff. It's very cool. It feels like, you know, it makes us feel real. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to be a jerk about this, but... Like, this is the thing that you've been able to do forever in Vegas. Like, it was part of the reason why everyone flocked to Vegas during the NCAA tournament is to have that moment where you're just hanging out, watching sports, and looking at all the different games that are going on and having an, an interest in something that you otherwise wouldn't possibly care about. Um, exactly. This is what it's all about, man. This is the reason why we needed to make this happen. Uh, is there anything in particular that we need to know like, is there any like anything that you've learned from being down there today that's important? Like, you know, hey, uh, expect long lines. But like, is there anything well, that you picked I, up? I on? don't think so at this point because they have all these um, they have all these self service kiosks, which is which is pretty cool. So you don't have to go up to a betting window with a human being if you don't want to. And and so these kiosks are sort of all throughout the whole casino, not just in the in the sports betting area. So I think you can pretty much wow. place a bet as you wish. And you know it's twenty four seven. That's the cool thing. So wait, wait, I mean, it's, it's never I, closed. Even even outside of the actual sports book area, you're saying if you're off like playing blackjack or something, there are kiosks out on the floor as well. Correct. Wow, yep. that's very cool. Yeah. that's very very cool, man. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Do you have to sign up? Do you have to become a member in order to place a bet, or like? No, no, no. You just come down and place a bet. Um, they they give incentives, obviously, if you become a member. Sure. Um, but you just walk up to the window, just like in Vegas or anyplace else, and you throw down your your money and 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 tell them what your pick is, and um, you know it's very cool. What time? And, are, what, what time are we going down there on Wednesday? What time? What's the? Uh, I think five o'clock. Five o'clock. Right. There's a, the first game of the night on Wednesday. There's a six o'clock game between Chattanooga and Belmont. Let's decide, <laughs> you and I, right now, how we're. We don't know anything about a line. Let's just commit right now, knowing nothing about either one of those teams. Zero. Well, none. Well, Let's based com- on the names alone, I'm going to have to go with Chattanooga. It's the mocks, of course. This, the fighting yeah. moccasins. The Chattanooga moccasins. Yeah. I Like Paul Valley exactly. didn't know that. Of course you know who the exactly. Chattanooga moccasins are. I'm going to let it let it all roll on them. I'm going to let it ride. No, so, on, so on should I bet the other side of it then? Should we, like, then that creates maybe a little bit more interest between you and I? Like, we can have the game it on could, the phone? We, we could do that, but that mean we actually have to watch the game? Well, we could pu- I could pull it up on the phone. We could have it on in the background while we're hanging out down there. Like, come on, man. Uh, I got bad news for you. Now, again, I don't know what the line's going to be, so I don't know. But uh, ESPN only gives uh, Chattanooga 28% uh, chance of winning the matchup outright. So well, they, the they like uh, they like the. Br- I also happen to know it's the Belmont Bruins. Don't don't <laughs> don't step to me about Chattanooga and Belmont, man. I'm all over this thing. I know about it. <laughs> Why and how do you know these teams? Because I like to gamble, bro. Because I've been waiting for this day all my life like I was Phil Collins. This is my (laughs) moment. Chattanooga and Belmont, we're betting that game on Wednesday at Live Casino and Hotel. All right, John Colson, anything else we need to know? I, I think that's it. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go place my first. I right, tell Ed Reed. But I assume if Ed's there, that means Glenn Eunice can't be far behind. Yeah, uh, that's uh, correct. I, I spoke with Glenn, and uh, yeah, he, he is of course a now a big television star because of that uh, yeah, commercial. Did you, know, that, did you see him in the commercial? Have for I Royal seen Crown? Have I for Royal? How old are you? It's, I've what seen. Is it? I don't know what it's it is. It's called Crown Royal. 
Royal Crown is, Royal, oh, Royal, Royal Crown, whatever. Uh, have I seen him? I see him every Sunday. I feel like. <laughs> by the way, we, I also I randomly bumped into Glenn recently at a at a at a farm where our kids were out playing, like picking pumpkins and all that. And I and I had a legit moment where I was like, "Oh, I know you. You're the guy from the TV." <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you, John Colson. Appreciate it. Okay, guys, thanks a lot. Live Casino Hotel. You can get your bets in today. That is the uh, big news uh, in the state of Maryland this morning. We have been waiting a long time for that. Glad that it is actually happening. Um, look, a lot of people are asking today: Should we feel? Everybody likes it when the Steelers lose a football game because you know we hate the Steelers. But should should we be embarrassed about the fact that the Steelers were were gashed by the run and the Ravens could do nothing against them outside of two drives? Should we be embarrassed by the fact that the Vikings were all over Ben Roethlisberger? I mean, all over him during the course of that game, and the Ravens couldn't generate seemingly any pressure at all. There's a lot of that response today. And the only thing I'll, I'll eternally say, and this is a little bit of a warning about the Browns playing the Ravens for the second time in three weeks, is we should know enough in the NFL to know that what happens one week has literally nothing to do with what happens the next week. The league is goofy in that way. And I'm as guilty as anyone, right? Because I'm the guy sitting here saying, that's a stink line, the Browns being favored by two and a half points, right? We just saw these teams play. They couldn't run the ball against the Ravens. I'm as guilty as anyone. Because I'm the one who's going to say, I'm going to use that to influence how I bet on the next game between those two teams when I should know better. I should know that what happened two weeks ago has nothing to do with what's going to happen in this game on Sunday. And in the same way, I can't overreact to anything. As it turns out, the Steelers, as we all saw, ended up getting back into that game. Now, they needed a lot of help from the Vikings in order to do it. The Vikings appeared to be in position to just run the hell out of the ball in the second half, and for some insane reason got the ball back on first down and decided to chuck it down and allow Kirk Cousins to get intercepted and then got intercepted again in order to make it a one-possession game late in the game. So there was an amount of goofiness that had to occur, much like when the Chargers played the Steelers a couple weeks ago and there's all this Ben Roethlisberger praise being thrown around and you're ignoring the fact that it had much to do with defense and special teams and less to do with Ben Roethlisberger. Um, this had a lot to do with um, Kirk Cousins, for whatever reason, still chucking the ball around. Um, in the second half last night, despite the fact that the Vikings had a huge lead. And Kirk Cousins being Kirk Cousins, I guess, frankly. Um, I'm always going to celebrate when the Steelers lose. You're just ne There's never going to be a scenario where you're going to get me to be unhappy about the Steelers losing. Especially when it's when you're looking at what the Ravens have to face coming up, you want all the losses you can get from the Steelers and from, and from the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, I, sure. And the Browns, yeah. Sure. Um, you know, I think a lot of people... There is, there is a part, I think, of, of some people that would say, I would really like it if that final game of the season matters. Right. And It could still matter for the Ravens. It, it, right, but it would be more meaningful if this is Ben Roethlisberger's final game... And, like, they win, they go to the playoffs, so it's not... Like, if you have the opportunity to end Ben Roethlisberger's career, this place would be bat-ass nuts that week leading up to that game. Yeah. If Ben Roethlisberger's career is either win and you're into the postseason, lose and it's over, this place will be bedlam. Bedlam during the course of the build-up to that week. That terrifies me. Ben I, I understand. Back against the I wall in Baltimore. Well, I, how many times have we uh, seen that? I, I mean, maybe that's not a 
Maybe people would say it's not a reference we should make. Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger and backs against the wall. Oh, so no. maybe we should. Uh, uh, it's. Uh, I don't think Paul <laughs> meant anything by that. I think he was literally attempting. I, to, there was literally no right. pun intended. That's um, an awful pun. Um. Oh, I. It just, I. God. Uh, sorry. Sorry. Um. Look, I hear you. Trust me, I hear you, Paul. I get what you're saying, but it would create an atmosphere that would just be absolutely, oh, yeah, absolutely. nuts. It would be insane that week in this city if Ben Roethlisberger's career was on the line coming into Baltimore. It would be almost unparalleled in a regular season game. Obviously, the, the biggest, most anticipated game in Ravens history will forever be the, the Colts playoff game in 2006. Mm. There will be nothing ever that will match that. And to your point, womp womp, right? It was the most crushing loss in Ravens history. Um Nothing can ever, there will never be a vibe in this city that will be anything like that game. Um, And there can't be. It's not, there's no way, there's nothing that can ever compare to that feeling. So, you know, when Ray Lewis's final game in Baltimore was a big deal, obviously, but. Against the Colts. Yeah, but at that point, the opponent didn't matter, right? Like, at that point, the the Colts thing was so far removed. We were so far down the line Mm -hmm. that, and we say it was so far down the line. It was only, what, six years after the playoff game? But we had already been through all of it with the Colts. We had already been through all of those things. Um, so, So it was just about it being Ray Lewis's final game. But remember, for the most part, we felt like the Ravens were just playoff participants that year. We didn't believe the Ravens were about to make some sort of Super Bowl run. So it was entirely about Ray Lewis. It wasn't really about, you know... It was. It's definitely on the list, for sure. Clearly it's on the list. But for regular season games, for regular season games, I don't know that there will be a more... If, if that's the scenario that ends up playing out, if, if at some point Ben Roethlisberger publicly acknowledges that this is it, and that he does have to do that in order to make it that way, because there's always that small chance that you know, even though there's reports that he's telling people that that, that guy is like, man, I've kind of played fairly well the last couple of weeks. Maybe we run it back next year and forces their hand one more time, right? But if he comes out in the next couple of weeks and publicly acknowledges, yes, this is it, this is the end, my only friend, the end. If that's what occurs, then. And it really does come down to they need to win to get into the playoffs. No matter what's really going on, you know, obviously if the Ravens have something at stake too, it makes it even more. Could you imagine that being the game that gets flexed yeah. into Sunday night? I was gonna say that game's got to be flexed if right? that's what's at stake, right? If those that that game will only we were talking about this week on the Tyus Bowser show with those guys. That game, they flex a game that is not impacted by anything else. So. That's the tricky part because the Bengals presumably are a part of the story, whatever is at stake. And so I don't know if it'll end up being flexed or not because if the Bengals game matters to either of those two teams, the idea is the NFL wants to keep all of the games that matter going at the same time so that there's no scenario by which if the Bengals lose, the Ravens have already clinched the division and that game doesn't actually matter on Sunday Night Football. But if it's a win-and-you're-in scenario for the Steelers, that might be enough for them to say, well, that's the game that's going to Sunday night. I mean, that, if that, all of those things play out, if it's a Sunday night game, 
Ben Roethlisberger's you know, career at stake, the Ravens maybe still having something to play for, it would be the most anticipated regular season game in Ravens history. Now, is that one of those scenarios where they have to have 12 days notice, or they can, can they do it on No, the- they, just, they choose the Monday of that week. Oh, they do? What okay. game? Once they know all the playoff scenarios. Sometimes they announce it on, during the Sunday night game the week before. Mm-hmm. Once they know all of the scenarios, that, that and they typically try to find a division where it's a win and you're in, and the loser's not going to go to the playoffs... That's what they've always looked for over the years is like the years where the NFC West was garbage um, and the winner was going to finish it at 8-8. Eight and eight. They were like, well, this is perfect because the other team's not going to get a wild card. No other teams influence what happens here. We'll put the Seahawks 49ers game on Sunday night knowing it's, it's not impacted at all by anything else. I did not know that. Yeah, that's the way that they choose what happens uh, for the final Sunday night game of the season. In fact, there, I believe there was a year where they didn't even have a final Sunday night game of the season because there was not a game that wasn't impacted by anything else. They just don't want teams to like pull players and say, we're not playing our guys in the final week because the result earlier today already clinched the division for us. So they just don't want those things happening. Uh, Proctor, what uh, if you know so much about Belmont? What was their mascot prior to the Bruins? How would I know that, Proctor? What are we talking about? The nineteen forties? When? When do we? How far do you think I'm supposed to go back on my knowledge of Belmont? For my, for as long as I remember, they've been the Bruins. Everybody associate when you hear Bruins, you think Belmont. Everyone knows that. Paul thought the the Belmont was located in New York where the park was. It was it was like, isn't that where they run the horse race? It's, it's in Nashville. I was it. literally just thinking that. Um, and what type of bird is the mascot and feature of the, mox, the moccasins logo? Who knows that either, Proctor? I know the names of the teams. Quiz me. Throw one out there. Just throw some at random school out. Anything. Go ahead quickly. We got Biloxi State. I don't think there is a Biloxi Isn't State. Isn't there a Biloxi State? It's, if there is, it ain't a D1 school. I know that much. There's uh, no Division I Biloxi State. It was, you have no help to me. Thank you for that. Northern Arizona, they're the Lumberjacks. You think I don't know about that? You think I'm not on top of these things? I don't know all of them, but I know a lot of them. Um, anyway, moral of the story being, go bet. That's what you can do today down at Live Casino and Hotel. Uh, today's show also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. He is our press box Ravens beat writer. He's Bo Smolka. He joins us every Friday here on GCR. Bo, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, I got uh, you know we're in a weird place, right, Bo? Where the the Ravens are still very much in control of everything that they could possibly want to be in control of. They're sitting at eight and four. All of these things. That all being said, the totality of what has gone on and now adding Marlon Humphrey's name to everything that they've already been through, is there any part of you that starts to think about, is there a point at which this ultimately just ends up being too much? That that, that there's only so many things a team can go through during the course of one season. There's only so many, so much depth you can have, and at some point you just might not be able to overcome it. Yeah, sure. That goes through your mind. And I guess we'll find out if they, if they've hit that. I thought, I thought the, um, all along, I thought the Marcus Peters injury was a bigger injury than the Dobbins injury. And I think the Humphrey injury is a bigger injury than the Peters injury. Um, I think that, you know, now Peters was lost for the entire year. So you can certainly make the case that that's a bigger injury, but, uh, losing Humphrey now at this point is just a crippling blow. Um, 
And 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 he, I don't think he's played at a Pro Bowl level this year, but he's he's still a solid top shelf cornerback in this league, and and he is, you know, for the most part, I mean, he's other than a few really good games played by Anthony Averett, he's head and shoulders the best defensive back on this team, and now you lose him, and so now you're having to rely on an ailing, aging Jimmy Smith or an ailing Tavon Young or <coughs> unproven Chris Westry or other more unproven practice squad guys. Um, and this is with a group that is coming in. You've got, I mean, coming up, you've got Jarvis Landry, you've got Jamar Chase, you've got Devontae Adams. I mean, it's, it's one good receiver after another and one good quarterback after another down the stretch. Cooper Cup's going to be here. Um, it's a daunting proposition for them to have to go forward. Wink Martindale yesterday said, Hey, they're not stopping the season because of injuries. No one's going to, no one, no one, right. you know, they're all saying no one cares. You know, I know what do you say about a, it was a Buck Showalter line, which I think was a Lou Holtz line about, you know, no one cares about your problems and 90% of the people don't care about your problems and 10% are glad you have them. That right, kind of thing. right. Right. So they are going to move on and they're going to do their best they can. And as Wink Martindale said yesterday, the sooner these guys get up to speed, the better. But, yeah, there's certainly a quite, uh, case can be made that, you know, maybe a month from now we'll look back and say, wow, that was just the tipping point. It was, in fact, too much to overcome. They well, won't say that. They're not, they believe they can win not. these games, right. and of course they do. Uh, but I'll say this, forget, other than Marlon Humphrey, forget Marlon Humphrey, this offense needs to figure out how to score because if that doesn't happen, it doesn't really matter. All right, let's cover uh, – we'll get to that in a second, Bo, but let's cover what will this actually look like? Who will we see lined up? What will this secondary look like now that we're at the point where they're missing literally 75% of the starters that they were expected to have going into the season? Yeah, I think we'll probably see <clears> – <throat> I think we'll probably see Tavon Young <coughs> in the slot, and we'll see either Jimmy Smith or Chris, Chris Westry on the outside. Uh, maybe rotating Smith, rotating a certain number of snaps, and Westry taking the rest. Um, and then, if healthy, Tavon Young being able to play in the slot. Now, he, he's, he was sick all last week. He only played 10 snaps at Pittsburgh, and Wink Martindale said yesterday he was just sick as a dog in Pittsburgh. Um, but he's practicing this week. It looks like he'll be ready to go. So if they stay healthy, they will be there. Brandon Stevens was a cornerback in college. There's a chance they could use him at corner. But he hasn't really practiced much at corner all year, and if he goes there, then you got to find another safety, right? Because he's been filling in for Deshaun Elliott. It's just one. It's been, but Geno Stone might then become the safety. Anthony Levine is back there, but he hasn't played a defensive snap in a couple of years, so I don't think he's a real viable option um, as a desperation, maybe. But that's not what they want. But I think we will see Tavon Young in the slot, and we'll see a combination of Jimmy Smith and Chris Restry on the outside. Um, he, you don't mention Anthony Averett among that group. It, it, just because of perf- no, I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry. Let me let me. Um, that was clarifying to replace Humphrey. That's okay. Averitt that's what I'm, Averitt side. will be the other guy. That's what I was trying yeah, to make sure. I'm sorry. Yes, correct. I'm sorry. That's, that's on one side, yep. and the other side will be a combination of Westbury and, and Jimmy Smith. Smith is what right. I believe. Right. I, I didn't know if there was maybe like uh, Anthony Averett had struggled so much that there was some sort of thought given. No. Yeah. No, my fault. And now uh, Averett, I, look, Averett did not have a good game last week. He's been banged up. He had a shoulder and ankle on the injury report last week. He's got a knee injury on the injury report this week. I wonder, I mean, he, he owned the mistake on the, on the mix-up on the touchdown to Deontay Johnson, another, the latest in the, you know, the latest breakdown where they left a guy open by 10 yards, which is just a, such a troubling trend this entire year. But Averitt owned that and said, I, I, may, I missed the call on that one. I think, and he also missed several tackles. And I, I wonder whether the 
shoulder injury <clears throat> played into some of the tackle problems he had, but um, he, he's the number one corner now on this team. I mean, you could say what you want, but he is the top cornerback on this team. He probably would have been the number three or number four or even number five guy in July, Yeah, depending on where you slotted Tavon Young or Jimmy Smith, but um, he's the number one guy now, so he, you know, they, they're they're going to they're they're going to have to rely on him, and he's going to have to come up big. It, it was interesting because with Humphrey there, Averett was picked on and picked on and picked on. Now you now I wonder if they'll pick on Chris Westry uh, rather than Averett. But I think the, I think the teams will attack all yeah, over the field I, with this I, I, secondary. I think you're right, Bo. At this point, it's it's more like well, we're we're happy to throw the ball anywhere at this point and take our chances against these guys. Bo Smolka with exactly. us, press box Ravens beat writer. Uh, now, Bo, to your point, right? Um, and it's and I, and I think that th- it goes without saying, this team has, especially where they are at this point, has no chance of of doing anything significant if their offense doesn't start playing better than it's had than it has for the last month. And I I think we have to acknowledge that that begins with the quarterback because I don't think there's much of any reason to think that the run game is going to suddenly start getting going at this point that we haven't seen at any point during the course of the season uh, be successful whatsoever. I, where are you in watching the games? There seems to be a lot of, hey, look, um, we know Lamar Jackson is faced with a lot, and and they're they're asking an insane amount of him because of uh, their inability to run the ball and because the offensive line hasn't been great. But are are you there? You know, are you in agreement with the consensus that all that being said, the plays appear to be there to be made. There there appear to be open receivers that Lamar Jackson could throw the ball to. It just looks like he's doing too much at this point. It's... Yeah, I mean, I'm of the opinion that he he uh, he's responsible for a lot of the problems. I mean, I know a lot. There are there are certainly a segment of the, of the fan base that does not want to lay any of the blame on Lamar Jackson. And say, well, they have no running backs, they have no offensive line. Greg Roman doesn't call good plays, whatever, and they want to absolve Lamar Jackson of uh, mistakes and of flaws. But Lamar Jackson has not played well for a month, and. That's, I don't think you can sugarcoat that any other way. I think that he is not seeing the field as well as he has in the past. And I remember back his first rookie year or soft, uh, second year, quarterbacks coach James Urban used to say he thought Lamar Jackson's field vision was underrated and that he, he saw the field better than he got credit for. But for whatever reason, I don't think he's seeing the field right now. I don't think he's, he's not seeing open receivers. Um, and it may be he's just trying to do too much. We talked before. I think he can at Pittsburgh too. I think he looked indecisive, and then then he holds the ball too long, and he takes a sack, or he's trying to wait for something to open up, and he thinks he can outrun the pressure or extend the play till something opens up, and it, and it breaks down, and he doesn't, and he's sacked. Um, I, I don't think he's seeing the field real well, and I don't think he's he is clearly missing open receivers, and then and then at times he's making bad decisions like that the, the throw to Anders that was uh, intercepted on the opening drive. Right. There's a case where the the Ravens actually put together a really good opening drive. Yep. And and one of the things they did, which I would be curious to see if they do more of, I think in that game more than I know in, in any game this year and possibly in his career really, he used running backs as receivers. I mean, those running backs were, were <coughs> Devontae Freeman ended up with 97 yards counting rushing and passing. Latavius Murray had a couple catches on that opening drive. And in the past, Lamar Jackson always, when, when the play broke down, he always tended to look to run. And, and his receivers, his running backs, were some of the least frequented running back targets in the league. Um, now, in that game Sunday at Pittsburgh, those running backs were involved as receivers, and I think that's something they could do more of going forward. 
I'm not saying that Devontae Freeman's going to break out a 75-yard run, but he can get 16 maybe. And so that's the kind of thing I think we might see more of from them. But um, overall, it, Lamar Jackson's decision-making like that on that interception and uh, attended for Andrews at the end of the opening drive. They go down the field. They, they have started slowly all year. They have a really good opening drive. They have third and six at the 10-yard line. And, and Jackson fades back, tries to avoid trouble, tries to avoid trouble. And it was a lot like the Cleveland game where he's backing up, backing up, and just tried to force one to Andrews in the end zone and had no chance to get to him. And now they not only they, they lose three points because they were at the 10-yard line. Yep. Even if he takes a sack, yep. Justin Tucker is probably 95% true to make that kick. So that kind of decision-making has not been good for the past month. Um, and like I said, I just don't think he's seen the field real well. And I'm not going to put all the blame on him because it's true. The pass rush has been assaulting him, and the running backs are who they are. But like I said, I'm not going to absolve him from no. blame either. No, and, and he shouldn't be. He is Bo Smolka. I, I should have mentioned when we were talking about Anthony Averett that if you have not uh, read his story about Anthony Averett from the last print issue of Press Box. Uh, there are still a few days for you to go get this one before the next print issue hits newsstands, our annual best of issue. So go pick it up at your neighborhood Royal Farms, or you can read it at pressboxonline.com. But what do you make of Rashad Bateman's disappearance in the offense uh, of late? I, I'm confused by it. Uh, I, I mentioned that as well. I mean, he had one target at Pittsburgh, and if I'm not mistaken, and I have to go back and watch the game again, if I'm not mistaken... <laughs> Excuse me. That pass was not even to him. He he uh right. he kind of dove at a ball that was intended for Devontae Freeman. But this is another case where this offense is kind of came up yesterday. We were talking to Greg Roman. Another case where there's something out of sync about this offense because you have receivers that are basically in the same general area. Yep. Um, I saw one play where Mark Andrews and, and Marquise Brown were literally about a yard apart from each other. And and so this is an issue, but I think on that free, on the the only target to Bateman last game, I don't even think was intended for Bateman. I think it was a pass to Freeman. I don't know what the issue is. Um, he played thirty three or thirty four snaps, so he was involved in the offense, but for whatever reason, he was not targeted. I still think, especially if these teams are going to blitz, Bateman on that quick slant on the as the hot read is the way to go. Uh, they did it once or twice in Miami when they were really struggling. If you remember, their first first down came on a, on a quick slant to Bateman just for like eight or nine yards. He's, made, he's, he's shown over and over again he'll catch that quick slant. He's got great hands. Um, I don't understand why they didn't, haven't used that more, but I think it's a good counter to that blitz. And for I, I mean, I'm confused as to why it hasn't happened. Bo, um, I just, you know, the, the idea that Jawan James is back and at, at practice and they started, what do we, what do we make of that? Is that a, is that a, let's just see where he is or are, are they really thinking about him as, as being somebody that could help them before the season is over? I think it's a, let's just see where he is. Okay. I mean, it's, again, he's coming off a torn Achilles. They have returned into practice now. So they have 21 days to look at him and see if he can help them or if he's, where he's at, I, I, I still don't know if it's likely that he plays. But you know, you have you you start the twenty one twenty one day window to have a look, um, and then and then they'll decide. So I don't look at his um, return to the practice field as this great savior that's going to be there for the final two or three weeks of the season. I think they're trying to have a look at him and see where he's at and and where they're at. That's the sense that I get as well. Is there anything else that we should be aware of on the injury front uh, going into Sunday? 
Well, we've, I mean, it's, it appears that Nick Boyle's had some sort of a setback because he hasn't right. practiced again this week. And, you know, he came back and then he played only, I think, 10 plays in the Browns game. He was really not involved. And so um, <laughs> there hasn't been a lot of talk about him. But, you know, they were, they were once he did come back, I think they were hoping that he would kind of steadily ease his way back up into pretty much full production by the last month of the season. But instead, he's played a little and now he's regressed and he hasn't practiced again this week. So um, that's a, you know, obviously that's a concerning thing because they had, they had ho- hoped he would be contributing at this point. Um, and then of course the rest, you just have to, I mean, you just have to hope that Jimmy Smith and Tavon Young can stay healthy because they generally don't. And if they don't, then you're diving in even deeper into the practice squad to find these cornerbacks because, it's just, it's incredibly, it's incredible what's happened to his defense and his injury front. So, Jimmy Smith and Tavon Young practiced this week, um, so that's that's good, but you, you just never know with them. And so, you have to, at this point, you really have to hope that they can hold up. Bo, anything else that we need to be thinking about going into Sunday and, and this weird scenario where the Ravens are playing the Browns uh, for the Browns' second consecutive game? Anything else that's been on your radar this week? Well, it's bizarre, right? I mean, well, look. First of all, the, the way the, the the way the last game played out, you can assume it will play out differently. I think the Browns are going to try to hammer away with Chubb and Hunt. But the funny thing is, you would think they would do that after they only got forty yards rushing, and after they were criticized for not sticking to Chubb more than they did. The Ravens right. did a great job stopping him. But yeah, they'll probably run more. But now you look up and you say, wait a minute, there's no Humphrey, there's no Peters, there's no Elliott. Why are why aren't we throwing the ball? So I think they will probably throw. The other thing that this Ravens team has to do is they have to start to somehow come up with turnovers. Great um, point. They, this is the only game. Baker Mayfield has thrown at least one interception in every game he's played against the Ravens until this past one. The Ravens don't have an interception in their last five games. And so they're not getting short fields. They're not scoring off defense, things, things that they have done in the past. And they've had chances. They've just dropped turnovers at times. So I just think it's critical that they that somehow they start to have some uh, more success getting their hands on the ball and turning the ball over. Bo Smolka at B Smolka on Twitter is how you follow him. Pressboxonline.com is where you see his stuff. And the Believe Podcast Network, he and former Raven Dan Wilcox with the uh, Ravens podcast for Believe Podcast. Bo Smolka, appreciate it, my friend. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next Friday, all right? All right, thank you. Bo Smolka, Pressbox Ravens beat writer, joining us here on GCR. If you're looking for a simple holiday meal, try Chick-fil-A catering from Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese. Enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. Kevin Harlan joins us next. He's calling Ravens-Browns. Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. 
Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hey, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. Cold weather has arrived, and that means one thing, higher energy bills. But the good news is that Window Nation is here to help. For a limited time, get 50% off all style windows, bays, bows, double hung, and sliders, plus a house of windows for only $99 a month. Rising natural gas prices are affecting everyone, but new Window Nation windows can help. Get 50% off any style window and a house of windows for only only $99 a month. Call Window Nation today at 866-90NATION or go online at windownation.com. That's December only. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. From all of the biggest games to the smallest events, make every bet worth your while at MyBookie. Start by doubling your first deposit instantly with MyBookie's first deposit bonus up to $1,000. Double your money before you even place a bet, and all you have to do is sign up and deposit using the exclusive promo code PRESSBOX at MyBookie.ag. If your first deposit is $100, MyBookie adds $100 so you can start with $200 to play with. If your first deposit is $1,000, MyBookie adds $1,000 so you can start with $2,000 to play with. With tons of great games and prop bets to take advantage of this week, there is truly something for everyone. Don't wait any longer. Head to MyBookie today to redeem your double deposit bonus so you can start winning big today. That's promo code PRESSBOX to receive double your first deposit instantly in your account. No hassle, no wait. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Don't forget, we've got one more Tyus Bowser show for you this season. On Tuesday, December 21st, we will be at Skipjacks on Bel Air Road in Overly. We will see you there with the should-be pro bowler, Tyus Bowser, and his special guest. Final show of the year. Looking forward to it. Brought to you by Pressbox, Great Eights Memorabilia, as well as my bookie, Window Depot Baltimore, windowdepotbaltimore.com, and Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, duffysgaragemd.com. Always a thrill to catch up with one of my favorites. Not only is he one of my favorite broadcasters, he's one of my favorite people. He's on the call this Sunday for Ravens-Browns on CBS. He is the great Kevin Harlan, and he's back with us on GCR. Kevin, it's Glenn and Paul. It is always a pleasure. Thank you so much, sir, for taking the time for us. Morning, guys. Happy holidays. Great to be on, and uh, it's always fun talking to you, too, uh, Glenn. I always enjoy it. So Thank much. you so Thanks much, Kevin. It, it means a lot to me. Um, we're in a weird place, Kevin, right? Like, this is the, the Ravens, it is remarkable that they are sitting here at 8 and 4, given everything they've been through this season. It is truly incredible. But now you add on to everything else, losing Marlon Humphrey for the rest of the year. And. I know your affinity for John Harbaugh, and I look, John Harbaugh is going to be a Hall of Famer at some point whenever he decides that his coaching career is over. But I, it, it, does it get to a point where it's, you start to wonder if, if it becomes too much to ask a team to continuously have to say, 
All right, next man up. When it's it's just losing player after losing player after losing player after losing player, the way they've been through it this season. Well, that's the narrative that you know no team has succumbed to such catastrophic injury than the Ravens, and somehow Harbaugh gets on there and. He's cheerful, he's positive, he is next man up, let's move forward, we don't look backwards, and this is all happening with the quarterback not playing at the very top of his game. No question. So you've got, you know, kind of this perfect storm, and yet look where they are, and the road is pretty clear ahead of them. It'll be difficult, certainly, but, you know, it helped them last night that, again, the Steelers, uh, you know, fell, and... And now you've got Cincinnati, Cleveland. Those are the two teams, clearly, Cleveland this weekend, that, that will be, you know, kind of the the outliers of, of what we have seen in the playoffs and expect the Baltimores, the Green Bays, the you know, those those kinds of teams. And here are these two upstarts basically, even though Cleveland has, has gotten there. But but we're talking we're talking about teams that traditionally last ten years have not had that kind of success. Now they've thrown into the mix in that division in particular, and you've got <laughs> you've got an unbelievable situation. And look at how many wins Baltimore has picked up. I do think this. I think that because the culture is what it is, that it has probably helped in this case more than it might in other situations that okay. have not have not won continually. You know, sure. like I think the culture is such a big deal here. I, I, I think that makes a very good point. I'm not trying to call anybody out by name, but I, I think that you're right. There would be other cities where if they went through, or other towns, they went through this number, this sheer number of uh, injuries, something like that, that it might be something that would crush them perhaps a bit quicker than it has crushed the Baltimore Ravens. Well said. You're right. You're right. And, and, and that uh, you know goes to every veteran that remains, every veteran that is stuck around even though injured mm-hmm. and is leading in practice in the meeting rooms, and I think there are a lot of them, and, um, and, and they have just found a way. And in a lot of ways, um, if you look down the road, the pain is now there's still a team that's on top, but think of all these kids that are getting these valuable snaps, guys you're signing off the street that may have to be put in the right situation to thrive and they're succeeding and what you've built then for your off season and going into next year and i know people don't want to hear about next year all the time but listen and also this the nfl this year is so directionless it, it, it the narrative is different every single week no question and and that again helps the baltimore cause so we can talk about the negatives and they may you know weigh down that balance scale but then you talk about the environment they're playing in in the NFL, which is crazy and up and down week to week. You know, thank goodness it's that kind of year that you don't have a, a team that is out there just mowing over one team after another, and there's no chance. I mean, there is a chance, significant. And with, you know, New England beating Buffalo the other night, I mean, it just helps the overall situation for the for the Ravens. So, yeah. so listen, I, I think... Hopes are high. You, you hold on to a prayer, and there's a lot of excitement that can be found in this kind of this kind of situation. To your point, as uh, as thing as tough as things might be, uh, you can't tell me who the team is in the NFL. The Ravens can't beat. So I, it, it's exactly what you're talking about. Kevin Harlan with us here on on Glenn Clark Radio. He's calling Ravens Browns for CBS on Sunday. Um, Kevin, you are synonymous, obviously, with some of the great moments in Lamar Jackson's career. 
when you hear someone say that over the last month the NFL has figured out Lamar Jackson, um, you know, what, what, what's your reaction to that sort of thought process? Well, I'm saying the same thing about Mahomes. Believe me, Mahomes is in the same exact front seat of that car with Lamar. Like, like it's, it's, and, and maybe Mayfield is in that conversation too, right? They're all about the same age and have defensive coaches come up and, and inoculated themselves from any kind of devastation that those three quarterbacks can cause? I don't know. And by the way, uh, the quarterback in Buffalo is staggering a little bit now, Fair. too. So mm-hmm. uh, all about the same age, um, all about the same experience, all with teams that are highly thought of, and all four of those quarterbacks are right now not in the place they thought. They're not in the lane they thought they would be in. So um, I don't know if it's a symbol of maybe a you know the the accelerated rise hitting a plateau and and you know another acceleration coming up. I don't know if it's uh, you know fatigue of carrying a team for the years they had to, and for whatever reason this year the talent around them in all of those situations may not be as prolific as it's been. And I think that there's a case in each of those quarterbacks, uh, particular situation. So, you know, again, it's never one thing. It's a lot of things. But I do find it interesting that, that, that Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson and, and Patrick Mahomes, all about the same age, same experience, are all kind of in that, what's wrong with him? Why isn't he playing like he's played? Oh, this guy's down. The line has been kind of shuffled. Uh, There's been a lot of flux at receiver. Running game isn't as strong. I mean, like there's a case in all of those situations uh, that says those are the reasons, and, and the quarterback is just fighting through whatever he may be fighting through. So it's not just Lamar. It's all those guys. Uh, it's a very fair point, right? And I, and I think, again, I, I, I think it's fair to point out Lamar Jackson hasn't played well, Kevin, right? Like I, right. I don't no, think we can, no doubt. We can, no I don't doubt. think we can hide from that. But I think that we've got enough built up to suggest that if you think this is the story of Lamar Jackson, what you've seen in the last month, that that's probably a mistake. That, that we have seen enough of this young man, his talent and his adaptability and his drive, his work ethic, to think that at some point he is going to get this fixed. The idea that this month is somehow the end of Lamar Jackson, that, that seems pretty bonkers to me. I, I just think, uh, you know, the offensive line, and, and I'm not pointing the finger here, in the run game, to me, are, are, are clearly vital. No vital, question. Right? And look what's happened to your offensive line, and look at the decimation in your, in your running back. You know, when you have those guys knocked out before you even open up in <clears throat> Las Vegas, the opening weekend, I mean, you're thinking, and here they're signing guys off the street that don't know the full playbook, may not even know a quarter of the playbook, and, and here's Murray playing, and a kid who's hardly carried in the league starting, you know. So um, I, I, I think that everything being equal, <clears throat> and the running game in Buffalo is not all that good, and the Kansas City running game was out without Edward Zelaire for a while, and, and their running uh, attack has been affected by a, in Kansas City, a, a kind of a changing offensive line all the time. Just in the last couple of weeks, have they begun to have the same guys? But but here is the thing that, that to me is fascinating. Even when the Chiefs and the Ravens are not at their best in, ter- in terms of personnel, 
and may not be showing, you know, um, uh, greatness on the field every Sunday, their record says otherwise. Their record says they're surviving and advancing. And, you know, you lose like you do against Pittsburgh the other day, and, and that's a crusher, but that teaches all kinds of lessons and fortifies the team with what John's uh, selection was in that final play. So there's a lot at play. I've always said, if you're at 500 post-Thanksgiving football, early December football, if you're at 500, your, your road is as good as any team out there. Mm. And throw in another game this year, which is really going to screw things up right. and, and change things. It gives hope that, that with that 17th game, that, that oddball game, that you're going to find perhaps with the good teams a way that they're going to pry their way in and not have to worry. And, and so I guess I feel like Jackson's best football is ahead of them. The team can only get healthier, and by God, they can't lose any more frontline players than they've already lost. I mean, it would be, it's already historic. It would be like even more historic if they would lose any other name players uh, than they've already lost. So, and they're adapting, too. When you lose a guy, you adapt week to week to that void. And you've got to get used to the new guy, and he's got to get used to what he's now being thrown into and getting starter snaps as opposed to coming off the bench. And that, that takes time. We think it's easy. You just plug in A, plug in B, plug in C. But it's a lot of times not like that. So, so I say, as, as Aaron Rodgers said, let's relax. Let's take a deep breath. There's a lot of football. Five weeks, five, five weeks of the season left. Let's sit here and watch how things are falling because last night, a Pittsburgh team that beat you by one lost on the road, so they're back to 500. And and I think it's 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 anybody's game right now. And why not a team with this dazzling quarterback that has shown in the past? that they can move even in the face of cataclysmic injury. Uh, just another minute or so here with Kevin Harlan before he calls Ravens-Brown Sunday for CBS. Kevin, do you, do you have any sense at all for what it means these teams playing so quickly? I mean, the Browns, this is literally back-to-back games against the Baltimore Ravens. I, I don't know if we've seen that before. Um, haven't. You, no, it hasn't happened since the 90s, I think. Our guys were digging it up this week. I don't think it's happened since the early 90s. Uh, not talking uh, regular season to playoffs, right? Right. But yeah, regular. I, th- I think the '90s is what I read. Do you have any sense at all in conversations, like of of, of how this impacts these teams, and you know who benefits from this? Like, did, I, it's it's weird. It's an anomaly. We know that. I just can't. We also know the NFL. You can almost take nothing from one week to the next, as you point out about the the Steelers and the Ravens. Like, I I don't know what it means other than that. It's weird. Well, for Cleveland, number one, they rest. Number two, um, their game plan probably doesn't, you know, get altered uh, from what they went into that first meeting with. But they'll make the necessary adjustments. I think they feel that they can, you know, you know, correct what was the problem the first time they met the Ravens. And that bye week, as we have seen, is always a chance for teams to self-evaluate. Cleveland will probably come out pretty strong, I imagine, at home against a, an arch-rival, um, th- there's no doubt you're going to get their best shot because of the situation they're in. But I do think because you've both teams have played each other recently, um, and certainly in Cleveland's case, it, 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 it serves that purpose. I, I, would, I would think for them that they've taken their game plan and they, they've altered it just a bit and they've corrected the woes that afflicted them the first time they met, and they'll, they'll move on. So this, this is one of those very interesting games. We won't see this very often. 
NBA, we see the back-to-backs with right. the same team that they start doing that like in baseball. But the NFL is just kind of a weird circumstance, and this will kind of be an interesting study. I'm wondering if by doing this, the league is going to learn anything, you know, in terms of this might not be a bad idea. You know, have two weeks of like, this is Ravens week, or this is hmm. this is Browns week. Hmm. You know, maybe, maybe they go down the road and they, they pick up that, who knows? I mean, you know, the league does play off of what occurs, and and clearly that has been their, their pattern in the past. Uh, you just mentioned the NBA. We don't even think about the NBA around these parts until football season is over, <laughs> Kevin, because we don't have a team here. This is the way that it goes. But can you put into words like how insane this is, what the Warriors are doing? I'm a, I'm a, I don't know if you know this. I'm a Phoenix Suns fan. I worked in Phoenix for a couple of years and fell in yeah. love with the Mike D'Antoni era. It's, you know, I, I, they, they were wonderful to me, that organization at the time. I know they've had some trouble since then. Um, but but what the Warriors are doing to me is absolutely bonkers. They still don't have Clay Thompson. How is this happening, Kevin Harlan? <laughs> well, they've got two Hall of Famers, um, and then Clay might be the third, depending on how he comes back from these injuries, the knee and the Achilles. But you've got veterans, Glenn, that are still performing and producing. If you just had veterans that were just kind of chipping in here and there, that's one thing. But you have a historically good guard, and a defensive-minded team captain, Green, and, and the fact that they're performing at the level they have. And they went through a lot of the growing pains of these younger kids last year. And right. they always seem to add the right parts. So, you know, they've stuck with the process. They have not, they've not batted an eye after five straight finals appearances. They've decided, we're sticking with our core. Let's bring in some new guys. And, uh, but we know that our Hall of Famers are still basically in their prime and producing. And that goes a long way to teaching those new players they bring in, the way they do it and the style they play. And they've got one of the great coaches. Steve Kerr has adapted to the changing calls that officials are making this year and the way that teams are playing them differently. And they built for a couple of years, and it's paid off. It's, it's remarkable and so fun. And Phoenix, the place where you left that you admire, um, they've got – I don't know how they've done it. It's like you blink your eye and all of a sudden – They've gone from the dregs yep. to one of the great teams. I think the bubble helped them probably two years ago more than anything else. That's a great point. Kevin Harlan, it's always such a pleasure, my friend. I, I can't tell you how much it means that you continue to do this. I know you don't have to, and, and that's what makes it mean the most. Uh, looking forward. For you, I do. I, I respect you so much, and, and I always love coming on, and I always get a smile on my face when I get Baltimore on my schedule because I know – I'm going to get a call from Paul or whoever. That's awesome. On your show, oh, that's awesome. I, look, I look forward to it. You have no idea what that means to us. Kevin Harlan, thank you for doing it as always. A very happy holiday to you, and hopefully there'll be another one before the season is over so we can call you again. Thank you for taking the time for us. I hope so, too. Happy holidays, everybody. Thank you so much, Glenn. Great to be on with you. Kevin Harlan, man, he is the best. God, I love that guy. He's just, I mean, I don't need to sell you guys on Kevin Harlan. He's Kevin Harlan, right? Like, we all know Kevin Harlan is as good as it gets in this business. Great stuff. Hour number one in the books for today's show. It has also been brought to you by Glory Days Grill, where the winter seasonal menu has those comfort foods that you crave, including the short rib grilled cheese sandwich. I repeat, the short rib grilled cheese sandwich. Oh, man. Plus the house-made meatloaf, the center-cut sirloin with grilled shrimp, char-grilled pork tenderloin, grilled meatloaf sandwich, smoky thigh wings with Alabama barbecue sauce, a Brussels and bacon appetizer. Glorydaysgrill.com to find out more and get your order in right now. We'll talk more about the Ravens' uh, plight with Jeff Chidea from NFL Network and NFL.com next. It's Glenn Clark Radio.
Hey, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. Cold weather has arrived, and that means one thing, higher energy bills. But the good news is that Window Nation is here to help. For a limited time, get 50% off all style windows, bays, bows, double hung, and sliders, plus a house of windows for only $99 a month. Rising natural gas prices are affecting everyone, but new Window Nation windows can help. Get 50% off any style window and a house of windows for only only $99 a month. Call Window Nation today at 866-90NATION or go online at windownation.com. That's December only. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com I love driving my tractor trailer, and just like you, I just want to make it to my destination safely. If you drive too closely to my truck, I can't see you, and you can't see what's in front of me. If I have to brake suddenly, our lives can be changed forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you? Don't tailgate trucks. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Mike Ashley dives in on 20 seasons for Brenda Freeze as the head coach of the Maryland women's basketball team as she looks back but also looks forward. Plus, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from every D1 program in the area. And the very first Baltimore interview with Elijah Green, the son of former Raven Eric Green, who could well be the Orioles' pick with the number one spot in next year's MLB draft. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You've got questions. They've got answers. Sure, I mean, we'll go with that. It's Glenn and Paul on Glenn Clark Radio. Back in here on GCR, it is a... Friday edition of the program, and we still got a lot to do on the show today, including we'll get you segment number two of the Tyus Bowser Show. Quickly, before we get to Jeff Chidea, I need to remind you guys, we are still collecting coats and clothes for Helping Up Mission, and, and we need you to come through for us. And Great Eights memorabilia has offered this beautiful uh, autographed canvas of J.K. Dobbins that uh, you can get. All you got to do is drop off clothes at one of our drop-off boxes around town, and they're everywhere. We've got Mother's North and Timonium, Jerry's Toyota, Jerry's Chevrolet in Baltimore County, as well as Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square, Glory Days Grill in Towson, uh, right here at Meadow Mill in the city in Hamden. 
Uh, downstairs in the lobby, there's a big drop-off box, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, Uptown Cheapskate in Bel Air. Just take a picture of yourself dropping off your coats or your clothes in one of the boxes. Send it to us at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, and you will be registered to win that uh, beautiful autograph canvas. We need everything, men's, women's, kids, anything. You know what needs to be donated and what needs to be thrown away. Donations, please, to help us help the folks that are trying to pick their lives up at the Helping Up Mission this holiday season. And also, on Tuesday night, uh, we will be at the Towson basketball game as Towson hosts UNC Greensboro. If you come out before the game with coats and clothes, they're going to give you a free ticket to come back on January 11th when take on Hofstra. So please come out and join us on Tuesday night at the Towson basketball game where we'll be collecting coats and clothes as well. Always appreciate this man taking time for us. NFL Network, NFL.com. He is Jeff Chidea, and he joins us now here on GCR. Jeff, it's Glenn and Paul. It's great to chat with you as always, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. No problem. How you guys doing? Everything is all right, except for we're, we're a little bit nervous about where the Ravens are now, especially having lost Marlon Humphrey. And I, and I read what you wrote in talking to a, a, a scout in the AFC and I, I have openly wondered, and we've talked about it a lot this week, Jeff, is there a point at which a team can only go through so much that, that you, the sheer number of injuries, you can talk about depth and next man up and all these cliches that you want to throw out. Can there be a breaking point for a team when they're continuously losing players like this? Well, the Ravens certainly are, are challenging that notion. I mean, it, uh, it does feel just talking to people around the league, not just that particular source but just other people that this is um they're at a point now where you don't know how they can move forward i mean they can win games there's no question about that but to but to be a legitimate championship contender to win in the postseason i would feel like they, given what they've lost getting in the postseason that any team that'd be facing them would be excited about the possibility because you don't have Marlon Humphrey, you don't have Marcus Peters, you don't have J.K. Dobbins, you don't have Ronnie Stanley, all these players that are, that are all pro or potentially all pro, pro Bowl level players, uh, that's going to hurt you in the long run. I mean, that's that's the – I just – and nobody will say it, obviously, within the – because it doesn't work that way, right? Well, you're not going to sit around and say, <laughs> guys, we, we, just, we can't do this. It's just too much, right? But from an outside perspective, you just can't help but wonder about it. Like, this team has been pushed to the absolute – they can't run the football. They don't have any running backs. The offensive line is paper thin. Um, oh, and by the way, on top of that, they're missing three-quarters of the secondary they were supposed to have going into the season. But other than that, yeah. you know, just go try to win a Super Bowl, right? <laughs> Yeah, things are going really well. Yeah. And, uh, and what you're seeing is in the last few weeks, you're seeing a lot more pressure being put on the quarterback. Yes. And as great as as great as great Lamar Jackson has been and as great as he can be, I think what you've seen around the NFL is that no matter who the young quarterback is, they all have a breaking point. They all have a point that they can reach where too much is being asked to them or defenses have a better feel for what they're trying to do or how they want to defend them. And you're seeing – I live in Kansas City – Patrick Mahomes is going through that here. You're seeing Josh Allen with it at Buffalo. Justin Herbert's had his ups and downs with the Chargers. Uh, Dak Prescott without that great running game in Dallas is a different quarterback. So, yeah, I, I think that that's the common theme here is that it, it's all these teams in the salary cap era are built um, not just because of the offense and the quarterback, but with different elements that are supposed to play at a high level. Yep. And, again, going back to the initial point, is that once you start losing those players, uh, I think it's like 20-some players over there that are on injured reserve now. Uh, it's just hard to compete. 
Jeff, what do you make of what's happened with Lamar over the course of the last month? We're in a weird spot here in Baltimore because we don't we hate criticizing Lamar Jackson because he's yeah. dealt with so <laughs> he's dealt with so much that you know has been unbelievably unfair or absurd criticism during the course of his life. So we don't want to criticize him because you know it, it seems like we're piling on with the nonsense, but. It feels like at this point we have to acknowledge that while, yes, he's dealing with a lot, he's being asked to do a lot, some of this seems to also be on him, um, the way that he's played over the course of the last month. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it, it feels like the Miami Dolphins set everything in motion with that, that game they had down there on Thursday night with a lot of, of A-gap blitzing. That's zero blitzing has become sort of a, just as Patrick Mahomes script tonight is not a too high safety, it feels like Lamar Jackson's tonight is, is, is the A-gap blitz. And until until you're able to beat that, you're going to see a lot of it. And it's, it's a lot easier to do that kind of stuff when you are dealing, as you said, with an offensive line that's been beaten up, with, with running backs you weren't planning on playing with. Uh, teams just taking advantage of, of, of their weaknesses. And for a player like him, what I see is the same thing I see with those quarterbacks I mentioned earlier, that they are so talented and so gifted and so used to making phenomenal plays that when things are going wrong, when they don't feel like other parts of the team are up to snuff, they want to do more things. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think you start getting bad Lamar when you start feeling like, I got to make it happen. And, and it's coming from a good place. It's coming from a place of love and competitiveness and, and a desire to help your team win. But all these guys are, are, are they aren't Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers where you can you can do that kind of stuff and get away with it. I think when they start pressing, they start trying to make big plays. Again, you see Mahomes in Kansas City, mistakes happen, and, and your offense is a lot worse. Jeffrey Chidea is with the NFL Network, NFL.com. Jeff, do, do you do you think at all about how this affects him? You know, you mentioned Mahomes. Mahomes already got his deal, right? Like, there's there's no concern there. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not trying to overreact and say that these three games from Lamar Jackson should be the reason why the Ravens don't pay him an absurd amount of money. This is a you know an MVP quarterback that we're talking about who was right at the top of the MVP conversation six weeks ago uh, in the NFL. But if this were to continue the rest of the season. Do you think that it could cloud what the Ravens do or, or, or what he's seeking or anything along those lines as far as the contract is concerned? Well, it certainly creates different conversations, but I feel like if you're Eric DaCosta and, and you're looking at doing this deal, which I'm sure they're going to do some kind of a deal, they're, uh, you know, you're going to factor that in. But ultimately, I think a lot of the things that were – questions about him he's answered this year in terms of being able to lead a team back when right. that team is down he's had three or four games like that um you know, he's had some tremendous passing games um in, in big moments and so i think he looked like a better passer and most of what i've seen and most of what people on the league would tell you is that it looks more like a guy who's playing without a lot of things around that he needs to be successful and so that is if you're going to invest in, in somebody, I think you want to invest in the quarterback and keep your team alive when you're having so many losses. That, that's really the argument that I think he can make for himself in terms of demanding big money is that with all these injuries, this team is still in playoff contention, still leading the AFC North, and still has a chance to be in the playoffs. And you know, the flip side of it, Baker Mayfield is not doing that for the Cleveland Browns that he was picked a lot higher. Big facts. I mean, that's that's 100% true. I, the only thing I would say, Jeff, is I could see a scenario by which the Ravens try to use it in negotiating, knowing they still have the leverage, right? Like, knowing that 
Yeah. They, st they still don't need to do a deal right now. They could have Lamar play in his fifth year, knowing they still have the power to, to franchise tag him at this point. Like, the Ravens could attempt to say, hey, look, you know, we, we trust me, we love you, and here's the number that we love you at. And he says, yeah, but I want you to love me at, the, you know, Patrick Mahomes' money. I want you to love me at an unprecedented quarterback number. And they say, okay, well, then go be that guy next season, and we'll do it, something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's possible. I mean, I think a lot of these quarterbacks are in a, in a similar situation, and I'm sure there's people around the league who will tell you that Josh Allen is overpaid in Buffalo compared to what he can do for that team at this sure. stage. Uh, same, same goes for Dak Prescott in Dallas. But, but ultimately, the other side of the question is, what are you going to get? Right, right, right. A hundred percent. I want to make it very clear. In yeah. no, in no world do I think the Ravens would ever move on from Lamar Jackson. I want to make that very clear, Jeff. Yeah. Just, just the weird way yeah. that negotiations go. That if for some reason this is just what we see from Lamar for the rest of the year, and it's a half a season of this, that the Ravens walk in and say, "Yeah, we want to use that in our negotiations," because you know who wouldn't want to use something to try to benefit themselves in negotiations. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely part of it. And, and I think what, what's happened, what you'll see happen with, with a lot of these negotiations moving forward, given the number of Mahomes of that, and there are people here who will tell you there's questions about that deal in terms of how it was structured and what it means. But, you know, the, the number is so high, and the cost now, the cost of paying that position that much money, is if you miss or if you're even a little bit off, the guy isn't as good as you think he's going to be, not that disaster um, like Carson went to Jared Goff, then you pay a heavy price for it. And really, there's so much that you can do now that with the quarterback market, from free agency to younger quarterbacks coming in, that it's a lot more, it's not as cut and dry as go out and give a guy a big deal. Right. And Cleveland is a lot more of an intriguing situation. Oh, Cleveland could, they could actually it, move on, right? Like, they could actually yeah, say, we're not doing it. It's... Yeah. Yeah, and, and so the precedent's been set when you have the Carson Wentz's and the Jared Goffs and they've moved on and then people like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and Sean Watson want to change teams that you can sit there and say, well, what's going to happen in the offseason or in transit or next year in and, and, and the draft and see what, what we can do going forward. Again, Baltimore's gone all in with, with, the, with Lamar Jackson. He's performed at a high level. He's done everything you could ask him a quarterback aside from winning a championship, so I think it's an easier decision there, but I think around the league you're going to see a lot more teams having those kinds of questions and weighing those kinds of options. Jeff, i got two quick hitters before I let you go. One being, just because you bring up this quarterback thing, do, do you have any sort of gut feeling about who's playing quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2022? <laughs> I don't think it's going to be Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, I mean. I, I, I can, just the way it looks right now, it, uh, it's, uh, you know, I, their salary cap situation is, is, is Interesting because they have to pay a lot of players. They just pay T.J. Watt a ton of money. You know, make a Fitzpatrick's coming up. Uh, they're going to have to pay Devin Bush at some point. Uh, we'll see what they do with Juju Smith-Schuster coming off that injury. And so I, I, it'd be hard. I, I just don't think they're in that upper echelon of teams that you're going to see people like Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson clamoring to go to. It's still a great franchise. Interesting. They have a lot going for them with a great coach. But I just I think they're, they're going to end up with a player who's not as, as big a name as those, as those guys. Are. A lot of people were talking about Kirk Cousins last night, right? There was a lot of, 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 of chatter about this could be interesting because wouldn't Kirk Cousins be the logical choice to be the Steelers' next quarterback? Yeah. yeah he'd be in that category of a player you think about uh, in, in that realm. Um you know, it's 
I'm to the point now with the quarterback movement that nothing would surprise me. Uh, you know, you see the move that, that, it, that the Rams made for Matthew Stafford or Jerry Goff sure. playing in Detroit or Carson went to the Indy. It's just nothing, nothing with out of the realm of possibility right now. And then the only other thing i got to bring up is – you still are holding out that there's some world in which we're not getting a Patriots-Buccaneers Super Bowl, which just seems <laughs> you, like you you know that's happening. Don't they, yeah. We should all just accept it I now. Know. It's happening. I, I know. I feel like it's, it's getting to that, that, that point with my Super Bowl pick that it's just I, 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 I want to give – the Packers were on a buy this past week, or, or so it's just you felt like I don't want to uh, do too much with them. But I, I feel like uh, I feel like they're right. I feel like the Bucks are – they're coming around in a big way. Their Gronk is healthier. Fournette's running the ball. We'll see if they put off Antonio Brown once the suspension's up. But if he comes back, defense is getting healthy. It's, it just feels like that kind of a that kind of a season. It was it was inevitable. It was always it was like Thanos. It's inevitable that it's going to be Tom Brady versus Bill Belichick in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, Jeff, what can we plug for you, man? Uh, Podcast wise, when we're seeing you on NFL Network, what all can we plug for you? Uh, well, yeah, well, I do the first read column on Mondays on NFL.com. Uh, I'm on NFL Now on NFL Network, uh, usually Mondays and Wednesdays. And I'm also doing a podcast with some friends of mine in Kansas City, a guy named Eric Eager, who's with Pro Football Focus, and a guy named Seren Petro, who's a big-time talk show. Radio talk well, it's one of my, I'm, I'm a regular with Seren on his show. He's one of my favorite people. I'm, 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 I'm jealous of the two of you because uh, I would love to sit around and just talk football with both you guys. Uh, all the time. There you go. That's Red, Bold, and Gold is one podcast and Too Deep is the other. So you can find us on all the all the channels. That's uh, awesome. Live, I mean, iTunes and all that other stuff, Amazon, YouTube, Spotify, all that stuff. At Jeffrey Chidia, and it's J-E-F-F-R-I-C-H-A-D-I-H-A on Twitter. That's how you follow him. Jeff, really appreciate you taking the time for us, man. Happy holidays. Thanks so much for doing this this morning. Same to you guys. Thanks for having me. Jeffrey Chidia, NFL Network, NFL.com, hopping on with us here on GCR. Um, yeah, so, okay. Proctor, um, you know what? I should have guessed that. The previous uh, mascot for Belmont, they're in Nashville. I probably should have figured there was a reason why they changed their name. Of course it was the Rebels. Of course. Of course that's what it was, and that should have been a guess that I made. I blame myself for that. And apparently the moccasins, the mox mascot, is a mockingbird. Makes sense. Makes sense. Mock. Yeah. Ing. Yeah. Did you read the story about the two guys that took the um, the Dumb and Dumber trip? Oh, hang on. I saw this this morning. Dumb and Dumber. Let me pull this story up. This is an incredible story. And we got to get a break because we got to – well, we can always push another break here before we talk to Don Marcus. Um, there is a story that was floating around. Dumb and Dumber. Oh, come on. Come on. Where is this? Jeremy Kahn shared it. That's where I saw it. This is, of course, right up Jeremy Kahn's alley, so I wasn't surprised by it. Two dudes, apparently... All right, here we go. The story is... Uh, ah, Dumb and Dumber, the classic tale of two best friends, Harry and Lloyd, who experienced... Get the point. Get to the point! Get to the point. YouTubers Ari and Zach of RevZilla recreated the epic adventure for their YouTube channel and did their best to replicate the entire journey. Between the poor gas mileage and noxious fumes, these dudes do their best to recreate the infamous trip to Aspen on a mini bike scene from Dumb and Dumber, 
They end up experiencing all the highs and lows from the 115-degree summer heat to 10,000 feet climbed in altitude. This is truly an epic adventure. They I did it will, on a mini bike? That's the that's that's what I'm looking at right here. This is what I'm seeing. That's not even the actual the full trip. That's only like the last the tail end of the trip. Well, I don't know where they started from though. I don't. I, mean, I don't know. They, enough. They, I need to watch the video in order to find out more. I'm intrigued. I think they got started in Jersey, don't they? Isn't I, that where they I started? I genuinely don't remember. This I is, know it's on the East Coast. Right. I know. I know. Correct. That part is true. I just need to know more. I will be willing to watch the video in order to to get these. And answers. they need a minivan dressed as a dog. Right. I want, correct. To start. To start, you begin with that. Obviously, you make the swap. You do the whole deal. You stop for uh, big gulps. You know, you got to. Yeah, you gotta, the top drink the the the, the you, beer bottles. A hundred percent. You do all of these things. Harlem Williams. Uh, pull over. No, it's a cardigan. <laughs> you got to do all of it. All of it during the course of the trip. Yeah, wait, Harlan Williams. Eight minute abs. No, seven minute abs. Seven. Talking about that's nonsense. Um, but yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, I did like that story. I did like that story when I saw it was passing around. He also wants me to guess some of the. I happen to know that Akron is the Zips Proctor. I know that right off the top of my head. Delaware State's the Hornets. Oh, hang on a second. What? What? Go, uh, pull up a uh, uh, little Jordan, please, real quick. I actually did a uh, graphic design for the Akron well, look Zips at you. back in look high at school. You. Some of these I know off the top of my head. Some of them I don't. St. Francis is the Red Flash. Youngstown State is the Penguins. Iona is the Gales. I probably know all of these, actually, Proctor, if I went through the entire list and just thought about it for a second. But some of them I can tell you right off the top of my head. Um, and then two responses uh, to things we were talking about earlier. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Today's show, or just a quick reminder that Project Game Day will return this Sunday. I'll be with you at halftime. Ken Zalis joins me post-game. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports for both shows. PressBoxOnline.com slash radio for the post-game show. From uh, Paul, uh, did you watch any of Seton Hall's upset of Texas last night? Yes, I know a lot of Maryland fans were glued to that game because they were sort of scouting Kevin Willard who it, it seems to have sort of – there seems to be sort of an agreement that he is the reasonable front runner among Maryland people, that, that this is the most likely guy that would take the job, that you'd want to have get the job. And so that's led to a lot more interest in what Seton Hall is doing, and Seton Hall did beat Texas last night, so there's a lot of attention being paid to that. I did not watch much of the game. I watched for a bit – um, I was watching the football, and I did poke in on um, Rutgers-Purdue as well as Rutgers pulled off the upset last night. Um, I, I was frustrated because the broadcasters very clearly were not at the game, and that at this point I am livid when that happens. This was two top 25 teams, and you couldn't send broadcasters to the game. I mean, this is a joke, what's going on in some instances. But I get it why Maryland fans are so interested. And, and look, Kevin Willard, to me, is a very practical name. I've come around. I told you guys yesterday, I think – I've put Andy Enfield on the top of my reasonable wish list. Um, I think that's the guy that I'm most interested in this point, and I don't know if he would leave USC or not, but I think that he could be interested, unlike, say, Nate Oates, who I don't think is reasonable for Maryland fans. Um, but, yeah, I get why there's so much interest in Kevin Willard. I totally understand that. And, John, uh, from Little Rock, uh, I was talking about how nothing will ever surpass that Ravens-Colts playoff game as far as the most anticipated game in Ravens history. He says if the Ravens were to host a championship game against Indy or Pittsburgh, that would be electric. It's super rare that Baltimore has hosted championship games. Yes, just in the nature of like having not hosted an AFC championship game, for sure, that would, be, that would create a bonkers atmosphere. I think it would be more for Pittsburgh. At this point, I just think the Indy thing, it can never match what it was in 2006 again. 
Um, but yeah, if, if they were to host Pittsburgh in a, an AFC Championship game, for sure, it would be it would be crazy. I still don't know if it could match that. Like for anybody that was a, a part of it that week, that was in the city, I wasn't. By the way, I wasn't even here. I was working in Phoenix at that point. That's the crazy part about it. I wasn't even here, and I could feel how much it meant. These are the two years I was wandering around in the desert, and I, I know how much it meant. I remember going to a pep rally at. Uh, um, oh my gosh! I can't. The, it, it, it's falling horse or dark. Or it was dark horse. Now it's um, black eyed Susie's okay. in County. All I right. can't remember what it's called, but um, I don't even know. Yeah, I, I, I re- it was one of its first iteration. But I remember going to that, and there was like three hundred people in the parking lot next I mean, to this just, bar, I've, just I've all I've wearing never, purple on a Friday night. I have never felt any like anything. I've that never compared. seen a, a Ravens rally like right. that since. Correct. All right, Uh, we were just talking about Maryland basketball a second ago. This man has spent a long time covering Maryland basketball, and now he's got a new podcast uh, project out, and it's available. I I listened to episode one. Uh, Len Bias, A Mixed Legacy, is available right now. He is my friend and uh, a man that you read in the Baltimore Sun for decades. He's Mr. Don Marcus, and he's with us now here on GCR. Don, it's Glenn and Paul. It's always good to chat with you, sir. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Thank you. You actually brought back some memories of, of that of that playoff game because I spent the week in Indy uh, advancing the game sure. from there and doing a, a still one of my favorite pieces about Peyton Manning and and how the old Colts loved you know the, the town you know Baltimore didn't love him because of who he was and but but the old Colts embraced him because they, he reminded them of Unitas. And uh, in, the, in his mannerisms and his goofy commercials and, and everything like that, and his success, obviously. But you, uh, you just brought back some interesting memories Don, from it, my days on it, the Ravens beat. It's fascinating that, that you weren't in Baltimore <laughs> for the week. But I, the, no, the, I was in Indy eating the, at Shapiro's Deli almost every day. Wow. So. I mean, I, 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 look, I, the only thing I, I, I brought this up because I said if for some reason we get to the final week of the season this year and Ben Roethlisberger has made it a, a formal announcement that he's retiring – and there is a scenario where, say, the Ravens are playing for the division title and the Steelers are playing for a playoff berth and to keep Ben Roethlisberger's career alive. My point was, to me, that would be the most anticipated Ravens regular season game ever if all of those scenarios played out. But that would still pale in comparison. Like That, that week of that Ravens-Colts game was just the most insane thing that this city has experienced since the Ravens have arrived to me. Yep, and the game was sort of a disappointment. Massive dud, Don. Massive dud. That game proved to be as the Ravens scored six points. Uh, right, and, uh, fifteen to six, wasn't yep, it? Or something fifteen like to that? six, exactly right. Not, not yeah. that I remember it fondly. Not that I remember it well. All right. right. They hold Peyton Manning to yeah the, yeah to correct no and they and they still five field goals. Yeah. I mean, it's not th- we don't need to talk more about this game, Paul. We can just <laughs> never talk about the game again. Don Marcus, um, get get people caught up because some people probably don't even know that you that you moved on from the Baltimore Sun still. At oh, this I point. think they I think they've known. They they well, probably think you know there were people who actually thought like when I disappeared during the middle of the season and really wasn't doing a whole lot. They actually thought I moved on from this world. So. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, they weren't sort of like, what happened to him? He was supposed to be covering the Illinois game, and uh, he's not there anymore. Yeah, very much not there anymore. Um, so, and, and very happily not there anymore, given what's gone on. So, uh, it, it would, yeah. You'd be working right now. They'd be putting you to work at this point. Oh, I'd be, those, those phones would be like, oh, I, I'm, trying to, I, I'm trying to explain 
to and and the guy who took over for me is now gone. He he was you know he's now covering the Dolphins, Daniel. If you see, yep. And now there's a young guy named Ryan McFadden, who's straight out of Maryland grad school, who's been thrust into this, covering both Maryland football, basketball, and the Ravens. And and I'm trying to explain to him like, and he's been very, you know, I've been I've been I gave him a bunch of numbers that people call the other day and. And he's been trying to work the work the phones. He's doing a nice job with it, but it's uh, coaching searches are the are the bane of sports writers' existence, among other banes. But uh, it, they're one of the big banes of sports writers' existence. Well, and nothing so, quite like this, where there's still a season going on on top of it. No, right? this, like, this, this is this is, this is the worst time. No question. Where it's the, you know three months of rumors and 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 oh, it's and no. and with social media now. Oh, it's it's no doubt it, it would be a nightmare. So you've moved on from the beat, and then you entered into this project. Um, tell me about how this happened, and why this was something that you were interested in doing um, as you moved uh, away from your you know sort of day to day career as a beat writer. Sure. Um, so when I left the when I left the paper, um, I left the paper, you know, February seventh, in the middle of the season. I put it out on, uh, I, I tweeted out a sort of graphic, not graphic in any bad sense, but graph, a, a graphic an image, of like yes, a, a right. newspaper, uh, yeah, and one of the few newspapers I've ever kept. I don't, I'm not big on memorabilia and keeping old newspaper clips, um, but one of them was the, the, the North Carolina-Maryland game in 1986 when bias at 35. And, you know, some other stuff on that picture and said I was leaving and everything like that. And one of the people who reached out to me was a guy I knew. We weren't friends. The only thing we really had in common is we had a same birthday. And Dave Ungrady. And he's a few years younger than I am. And he was a sports writer and journalist in the area and then eventually transitioned. He now teaches in, in Loudoun County, lives in Montgomery County, not that far from where I live. And he said he's starting to work. He had done a book called uh, Born Ready, The Mixed Legacy of Len Bias, back in around 2010. And he was starting to try to work on a documentary. And I said, oh, that's cool. Uh, you know, yeah, that sounds like a neat thing to do. So we, February 29th of 2020, we were out at College Park. Uh, Maryland hosted um, Michigan State that night, and they did game day. Uh, ESPN was there for game day. And, and I had a long-standing relationship with Jay Billis, Called him. We sat the interview with him. Uh, Scott Van Pelt ended up showing up, as of course he would do, because he wanted to go to the. You know, he was going to be at the game that night, and so we interviewed him. And this was supposed to be for the documentary, and that's February 29th. Well, we know what happened. A couple of weeks later, everything shuts down, and you know we there was there was really no way we could physically do the documentary. We tried doing some interviews. You know, we did some Zoom interviews, but it really wasn't working. Uh, Dave, you know, and one of the people who was interested in doing the documentary, um, a guy named Jason Weichel from uh, Octagon Sports and Entertainment in in, um, in Northern Virginia, we you know we 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 decided we were going to do a podcast, you know, a, a narrative podcast, and that's how it started. And that part started probably in the summer of 2020, summer fall. We started putting some interviews together. And uh, and we went from there, and we ended up interviewing. Dave had a bunch of interviews uh, still on tape from his book, but we ended up interviewing uh, probably uh, between the two of us about sixty 
people, 60 people, and, uh, and, and started, you know, mapping out episodes and ideas of how to, how to approach this thing. And, you know, it went through different, you know, different parts and different ups and downs. And, but it, it really, you know, it's a long podcast. I mean, a long series. It's going to go anywhere between 13 and 15 episodes. Um, and, but we're really getting into not only who he was, but more his legacy and, and how not, it was not just a basketball legacy, but how he, you know, his death impacted drug laws, culture, politics, you know, uh, you know, Maryland athletics, obviously, and the NBA, but a lot of different tentacles and a lot of different layers. And, and uh, there's some really, you know, compelling stories, uh, you know, aside from Len Bias on this, on this podcast that, you know, people really don't know about. Now, I, I have, you know, and again, I'm only into this first episode, um, Len Bias and Mixed Legacy. And, and I've, I've been interested, Don, in, is the goal to, to, to tell people things they don't know, or is the goal to ultimately educate those, the younger, like we see all the Maryland students wearing the Len Bias jerseys the other night, right? But like, h- how much could they possibly know about Len Bias? Is the goal... Is the podcast supposed to be for them to learn about Len Bias or for, for those that are maybe a little bit older that know about Len Bias, but there's more that you might not know? Right. I think it's all of the above, honestly. And that's, and, and that's not necessarily our goal, but that's how it's evolved. Um, because you're right. The younger generation, you know, we had a bunch of students, mostly Maryland students, a couple of my students from American University where I've taught for a bunch of years. Uh, as interns, and, you know, most of them, not all of them, had heard of Len Bias. Really, maybe one or two knew, his, knew the story, really knew the story. And, and none of them knew the story beyond. And, and to be honest with you, I, you know, it's interesting. I was out of sports at the Sun in, in 2009, 10. I was in and out of sports. And one of my beats, or, or I was assigned to um, to be the Howard County Cops and Courts writer, which okay. I, I I kiddingly called the JD Crime Beat because there was not a lot of crime, and uh, or not like Baltimore. Anyway, um, one of the first stories I wrote about was an illegal SWAT team raid um, out out near Route One uh, at a at a trailer park, you know, trailer home uh, place, and um, and and then. My editors wanted me to do a bigger story about illegal SWAT team raids. Well, I called the guy who was the expert, not that I knew that there wasn't such a thing, an expert on illegal SWAT team raids. And he was a professor at Eastern Kentucky University. And he, I told him what I did, and I didn't know much about it. And he said, well, you know, if you, if you covered Len Bias, this is where it all started. It, it started with the Reagan administration's war on drugs and right. using bias as the poster boy, poster child for their war on drugs. And, and you know, the other thing I didn't know until really um, the, the, when, when there was a lot of talk about during the, during the, build, you know, to, during the presidential campaign about the 1986 drug law, drug act, anti-abuse drug act, and how Biden was part of writing that act and the Black Legislative Caucus was doing it. It, it really was about... Um, the, the Democrats use try to use try to get tough show a tough stance on drugs themselves. So they wrote these wrote the, they wrote these laws into 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 
into legislation that that helped them get the house back, but it also you know uh, completely um, it devastated the you know the black black Correct. community with man- mandatory minimums and Correct. three strikes and you're out, and 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 states would would say would call it that they, they were the lend bias laws. And I knew nothing about that part, you know, really nothing. Dave, Dave had done some research for his book on it, but it really didn't get a lot of attention. So this is, you know, so getting back to your original question, you know, there are a lot of people, Maryland fans, college basketball fans, who knew the story of him, you know, great player, died of cocaine, you know, number two pick in the draft, could have been a rival of Michael Jordan. Maryland fans knew what it did to the school, but this young generation you know, really, really didn't, you know, you know, they, they, you know, he's like, he's like, he's like, um, you know, he's like Elvis and, 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 and James Dean, you know, they, mm. you know, they, they've heard the name, but yep. they don't know who, who he was. And so they wear the jersey because it's cool. It's a very fair point. I know, you know, we, you and I talked uh, privately about there's there's a rap song about Len Bias and like, well, like yeah, you know. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I found, and it's funny, I was. And it's and it's really going to be sort of the it's going to be the, the the musical you know background to this whole series. I was looking at different aspects. We were looking at different aspects, and we were trying to figure out if you know bias had affected music. And I I just wrote Len Bias rap, and I came up with a bunch of you know a bunch of raps that had his name in it. But then I came upon this this unbelievable, and it's a perf it's a really perfect to the tone of the piece we're set, you know, of the podcast by, by, by a rapper named MC Longshot and pretty obscure guy, but you know, he's still working at it. He's out in the Midwest and I wanted to talk to him, but he was busy making an album and, and he just said, you know, I'm really too busy to get involved with anything, but I'm honored that you're using my, my rap, you know, my video. And it really is, it's, it's, you know, I, you know, I, I, I played it for my wife who, pretty much hates rap music. And she said, wow, that's really good. <laughs> so I knew I, I passed that test, uh, you know, for someone listening. And, and, and the words to it are, are really, really, you know, it's, 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 it's spooky, you know. Len Bias, A Mixed Legacy is the podcast. It's available right now. Don Marcus with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, Don, I have to obviously talk to you about what's going on. Really? We won't ahead. spend a lot of time on it. No, no, it's fine. It's I, but fine. specifically, the, the, the one thing that's really you, sort of been odd to me, the way that it's been discussed over the last week, is there has been a portion of people, probably those who have relationships with Mark Turgeon, and I, I know that you got along with Mark Turgeon plenty, that have sort of suggested a storyline along the lines of that Mark Turgeon was mistreated by the fans and by this community, um, that they did not treat him fairly. And I, and I struggle with that because there's always, you know, outliers, right? And anybody, anybody who tweets at someone's kid about losing a basketball game is, is scum, right? Like, you, you have nothing to offer society but that's not unique to Maryland. It's not that, that happens everywhere. It's unfortunate. I hate those people exist. And I, the, it's the only thing that I've really pushed back on is the idea that Mark Turgeon received some sort of unfair treatment that that isn't 
that wouldn't exist in just about anywhere that you might go. What what do you make of that sort of side of this conversation that has popped up over the course of the last week after we learned that, that Mark Turgeon felt this amount of burnout um, and wanted to protect his family? Right. I, I think there is some um, knowing, knowing Mark, uh, I, 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 what I want to say is I know the family better than I know Mark. Mm-hmm. I know how the family operates because I got, I got to be, you know, very, you know, almost, almost, I, 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 I kiddingly used to have this, 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 uh, relationship with, with Ann Turgeon, who I said was the best coach's wife I had ever dealt with because she never, ever said anything to me about what I wrote. Uh, you know, you know, good, yes, bad. She didn't say, oh, that was terrible. You didn't, you know, that's not fair. You know, she just left it alone. And we had this routine. She, she'd come over when I'd see her and she'd give me a hug. And I say, and the beat guy and the coach's wife cannot be seen right. hugging. Not, doesn't work that you way. You know, right? yeah. and, but, but I know, you know, but I did, I did a story on Will Turgeon, who I got to know when he was playing a Catholic. I spent an afternoon with them watching, uh, with Mark really watching his son play. Um, you know, but at the same time, I think I was pretty realistic and, you know, in, in, in as tough as, I could be as a beat guy on Turgeon. I mean, uh, you know, I, I would balance, you know, nice, you know, positive stories with reality. I mean, when they blew the, they blew the ter- terrible end of the game situation at, at Wisconsin, um, mm-hmm. the year I, I left a few weeks before I left, I, I wrote a story about, you know, I wrote, my next story was about five of the worst losses they've had under Turgeon, you know, five of the most inexplicable losses they've had under Turgeon. And to be honest, I could have written 10. Right. You know, uh, you know, and I wrote about his, his postseason, his late season fades, postseason failures. Um, but so I, I, you know, I was fair, but I also, you know, got to know his dad when his dad used to come to the games and, his dad actually subscribes to the Baltimore Sun to read up on his, you know, mm. reads Maryland stories, and and um, he is really very very much a family guy, um, who really struggled with not being with his family at times. You know, he wasn't a guy who 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 loved recruiting. I, I don't think he really did, but he was out doing it uh, during the summer and 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 you know on off days. Uh, at the expense of of watching his kids play or whatever, you know the ending. I, I you know I, uh, I I I didn't follow it. I'm actually down in Florida for a few weeks, and um, you know I heard about the I heard about the uh, the, the the chant after the uh, after the Virginia Tech game, and I've been in touch a little bit with Dwayne Simpkins lately after they beat after you know Dwayne's an assistant at, George Mason, at, uh, yeah. At George Mason, and, and Dwayne was saying, you know, it, it, he called me the night before this all sort of blew up. He said, is the vitriol that strong? This, I guess this was after the Virginia Tech game. And I said, well, I think there's a, certainly there's a pretty loud, you know, I, I can't say minority, because it really is, he, Mark has, has increasingly lost support of the fan base for several years. And 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 he was never very popular, and he became less and less popular. And really, sort of, people want. I, I had guys, I had friends who I played ball with, who who wanted Maryland to lose, so he'd get fired. They were Maryland fans, right? And 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 I understand. You know, listen, 
I said, if you're in Maryland, this is how I described his tenure there. I said, he ran a good program. They won a ton of games, largely because their non-conference schedule was terrible, but also because he did fairly well in the Big Ten for several years, thanks to, you know, got, having guys like Mello Trimble and, 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 and Diamond Stone and Kevin Herter and, and Bruno Fernando and, no, and he won, you know, there were, there were games that his coaching helped win games. But, but if you were a Maryland fan, you better be happy with getting, you know, 23 wins, 22, 23 wins, you know, going to the NCAA tournament and then be watching the tournament from home, you know, the, starting the second weekend, because that's what was going on for, for, for the bulk of those six or seven years where Maryland was good during his tenure. And, and I didn't, I, I actually thought in 2020 that when I left, I thought that team was, they had, they had, you know, they had three really good players, you know, really good college players. And two of them are, you know, now marginally in the NBA, right? but, you know, in sticks and, and Aaron Wigan. Mm-hmm. And, 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 uh, I thought that team was, I thought he dodged a bullet. I thought that team was ready. They had lost three of their last five games to eke out a share of, of, of a championship for which they celebrated like they had won the NCAA tournament. And which I, I was watching on TV thinking like, whose idea was this? Right. And, right. and then, you know, and I thought depending on the draw they got, uh, they were probably going to be like a six, and depending on how they did in the Big Ten tournament, which again was not one of Mark Strong's strong suits. When it, you know his teams did not play well in the Big Ten tournament, um, you know I thought they were in trouble. You know I thought they were in trouble, and and I thought just as I thought when Randy Etzel had won had won, had a couple of seven and six seasons at Maryland, uh, I thought now's the time to get out, Randy. You know, it's not going to be any better than this. And I really thought that that was a time for Mark to, to try to parlay that season into, into another job. Hmm. Because I never thought that this was ever, ever going to get that much better than a Sweet 16, an occasional Sweet 16. Well, um, it didn't, obviously. It didn't. Right. And now right. Mar- Maryland's in the market for a coach. If you're in the market for a podcast, I'd encourage you to check out uh, Len Bias, A Mixed Legacy, which is available right now. That first episode I was listening to on Spotify, and I would encourage you to do the same. Don Marcus, uh, always appreciate taking the time for us, sir. Uh, wishing you a very happy holiday, and the best to your mom as well, who we were talking about the last time I saw you. Uh, I Thank will, you. of course, be in touch. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Thanks, guys. Don Marcus checking in with us here on GCR. Um, and again, you can check out the podcast right now. It is December. It is cold. That means energy bills are going up. That's the way that it works. But Window Nation is here to help. What they've got for you for December only, 50% off all style windows and a house of windows for only $99 a month. 866-90NATION or windownation.com in order to find out more. We'll come back in. Young Utes, Tidbit, Tubular, and then we're going to wrap up today's show with um, the segment two of the Tyus Bowser Show. That's all on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. 
What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Taz Bowser show. The next Taz Bowser show is Tuesday, December 21st at Skipjacks on Bella Road in Overly. The show is brought to you by Pressbox. Grade 8's memorabilia, Window Depot Baltimore, windowdepotbaltimore.com, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, duffysgaragemd.com, and the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard joins the show courtesy of MyBookie. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A Catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches. And top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. Help.org. Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality Pro-Via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. Hey, it's KZ. The Pressbox Fantasy Football Show is back, as always, on Thursdays. You can catch it at 1130. We're brought to you this year, CCBC and Glory Days Grill. You can catch the show two ways, facebook.com slash pressboxsports or pressboxonline.com slash radio. The slash radio is if you want to listen. On Facebook is if you actually want to see my ugly face. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. DFS, daily lineups, keepers, all kinds of fun stuff. Please tune in, Pressbox Fantasy Football Show every Thursday, 11.30 a.m. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR. If you're not playing underdog fantasy football, you're a crazy person. Yes, we're excited that you can place bets now in the state of Maryland. That's a good thing, but you know what you can't do still is bet on your phone. But you can play underdog fantasy football on your phone, and you can play player props and parlays and you can feel like you're betting when you play Underdog Fantasy Football. Plus, use the code PRESSBOX, and we match up to $100 on your first deposit. UnderdogFantasy.com or download the Underdog app. Let's play some Underdog Fantasy Football. Oh, this is not my best effort. I do have this wacky bit that I do when I um when I whistle around my six year old. My six year old doesn't know how to whistle yet. 
And so he gets whenever I start whistling, he's like, "How do you do that?" Like he's watching someone do a reverse 360 dunk. And so now I do it all the time just to like mess with him. Like it'd be like he's very jealous of the fact that I can whistle and he can't. So like I do it regularly now where I whistle right in his face. I'm like, ha ha, you're stupid. You're six. It's, it's a thing. It's just a whole thing. I don't know what that says about me. Young Utes is brought to you today uh, by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technically, hello, technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Lil Jordan, what you got for us? I got two, and so the first is... What happened to the third? I I couldn't... The hell is going on around here? But... You've been been doing your own... Wait a second. Jordan came in here this morning doing a show... For, he didn't remember his French fries, so instead he replaced it by reading all of the sports headlines for us before <laughs> the show started. It was like when it's I used true. to do when I used to do updates on the radio. He was doing that for me. He was literally just sitting reading all the headlines. Rutgers won, by the Thank way. Thank you, pal. I'm very aware. This is what he. This is not a joke. When I got here this morning, for those ten minutes, Jordan spent those ten minutes. Just telling me about all the sports headlines of the day. <laughs> like, thank you, Jordan. <laughs> it is what I do for a living. I do know these things. I got but you. yet you don't have a third story for young youths. The, the two are very interesting. They though. better be. They're very. We're going to judge this when it's the, done. The first is the. We got to talk about renewing your contract for the spring. <laughs> so The first <laughs> is the cream cheese shortage. What? This hit America. Yes, a cream cheese. I've not heard about a cream cheese shortage. Yes. This is a, a popular topic among the Utes. So, yes. My wife's going to be upset. I, what is she for bagels or what is. Um, she uses them on bagels. She's a big fan. She's a big fan of the pumpkin cream cheese and, and the cream cheese with chives. But, like, does it, does it go beyond bagels? Does, it, does she randomly put cream cheese on other things? No. She uses on bagels, but she will take an extra dollop and put it on the side of her plate in case she wants more. Okay. Now, I don't blame her for that, but I'm going to... Two hot takes. One, bagels stink. I'm sorry. Bagels stink. Bagels are a vehicle for a sandwich. Otherwise, it's just some bread. That's all it is. You can do any sort of thing, and bread sucks. I mean, we got to deal with this. At some point, we all have to look ourselves in the mirror and address these topics bagel stink now if you're getting a nice bagel sandwich we can we can have a different uh, conversation nice pizza bagel a pizza bagel's 10 and a half you get a good i used to go up to mr bagel up in new york i got myself the old uh, lemon chicken on uh, a bagel delicious all of the you can make the bagel sandwiches tremendous have you been to uber bagel uh no there's an uber bagel on padonia road uh-huh and it they, don't, they don't pay us anything, so we're gonna be we're gonna we're not gonna be too kind to them. But we're sure. not gonna be too kind to them. Okay, yeah. they also have a place out in Ocean which is where I first discovered them. You're really you're really pushing this, but it's hard. I enjoy. Their you sandwiches. better be getting free bagels out of it. I I enjoy their sandwiches. What's the go to at the? Uh, For me, it is the uh, the late riser. It is um, turkey, monster cheese, avocado, bacon. It's uh, I get you can choose whatever bagel you want it on. I usually I also add ham to it it is absolutely phenomenal and it's as thick as your freaking fist i i believe it's delicious a sausage egg and cheese on a bagel is tremendous especially on an onion bagel a great play is an onion bagel I with sausage egg and cheese old bay bagel that's fine i'm i'm not going to knock that play my point being 
bagels are vehicles for sandwiches. Bagels by themselves stink. And we need to have an adult conversation about that. With, with spreads, they're pretty good. This is a different thing. There well, who, are who, who, who you see it's a plain... No, no, no. Plain. No, I understand what you're saying. What I'm saying is the only spread... I, I, with all due respect, and I'm not trying to... Di- I, I feel like I'm about to say something that's going to disrespect an entire religion, and I don't want to do that. <laughs> Locks is a no. That is not necessary. It is, it is fine... I don't know what human being is waking up in the morning and choosing a bagel with locks. I don't know who's making that choice when you have other options. Oh, it's so good. It's, it's fine, and it's not more than fine. And again, I understand it's a significant part of an entire culture, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful for the entire culture. I need you to know how much I love brisket. All of my friends in the tribe, like Lil Jordan, I need you to know I am not trying to disrespect everything about your culture. I love so much of your culture. Lox is a no. There are better options. So let me start with that. Secondarily, bagels and cream cheese, only fine. What you're going for, the mix of the bread and the, the spread, just get yourself a nice pastry, my friend. Just get yourself a delicious Danish, and you're going to accomplish the same thing with a better flavor. I've said my piece. Now on to the cream cheese shortage. So it's a company called Junior's Cheesecake, and it's, it's based not, out of it's, Brooklyn. It's not just them. It's a bunch of companies. Very famous Junior's and Cheesecake from making the band. Uh, this is far before your day. But uh, Puff Daddy uh, forced the, the, the band to walk all the way to Junior's Cheesecake, bring him back a cheesecake, and then by the time they got back, he had actually gone to bed and was no longer interested in the cheesecake. It was like just his way of being a complete a-hole in making the band, which was a, a seminal moment in pop culture, I think, for a lot of people. It, it was what spurred the infamous Chappelle's show sketch with Dylon and Dylon, 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 and Dylon. Yes, that was one of my favorite sketches. Yes, it was one of the most important moments in pop culture history, frankly. You were saying. And so the company's cheesecake is made from 85% cream cheese. Understood. And so it has become impossible to make their cream cheese right now because due to the Omicron variant, there's this just na- nationwide shortage of cream cheese. They, they, they can't get it. They can't. It's, it's tons of stuff isn't being able to be brought into the country. And it's reeked. And Omicron has just wreaked havoc on the supply chain, specifically for cream cheese. We ain't missing anything. I don't. I, I don't. I don't know how to improve. Improve your choices is what I would tell you. Improve your choice. Now, there's a there's a whole bigger conversation there about the supply chain and what's actually causing these. It's a whole. That's a different show, man. This is just for me. <coughs> Your life's going to get better if you're for- forced to choose other things. There are better options for you out there than a simple bagel, a plain-ass bagel with cream cheese. I-, I at least have more respect for the flavored cream cheeses for bringing something. But again, you can get it. A lovely pastry, a nice Danish. Those are better options if you're looking for some carbs in the morning. I'm out of that. With donuts also. Donuts. Hot take. Donuts stink. Don't it stink? Unless they are filled with some sort of uh, a pastry what? or a, a wow. fruit. Uh, 
plain donuts offer oh. nothing to society. Plain donuts do the, stink. The, the, this is the, the, yeah. the, you, you need to be a special donut to be worthy. Just the donuts that the, I see people. I'm like, what is this? What is the point of this? Why do you hang this on the wall in the donut area at the, at the office? This has nothing to do. This offers nothing to anyone. No is the answer. Get yourself. I, I am there. This we have. We have, for whatever reason, we do not associate danishes and pastries as being the perfect options for a gathering, a workplace gathering. That's where we should be investing our time and our resources as a nation. Danishes and pastries. Susan Tones, my mother, says mm. there's plenty of cream cheese in grocery stores, and the cream cheese in risotto is the best. Cream cheese and risotto, I will listen to. I will listen to that. That I will listen to. But bagels. I have a ton of great risotto. I, I, I enjoy risotto. I want to make this very clear. I enjoy risotto. I, I am a man who spends some time with a delicious risotto. But bagels and cream cheese, overrated. Vastly overrated. All right, what's your second one? This is the big one. Okay. A climber. It better be. A climber can keep. $84,000 worth of jewels that he found on Mont Blanc. Whoa. What? Where is this? So it's in France. Okay. Uh, and so he was just climbing the mountain in 2013, and he found a bag filled with emeralds and sapphires, like pure pure emeralds Was it taking eight years to get this sorted out? And, and they, they were looking for the owner, and they, they couldn't find it. So the man who found it split, got half the price, and the government kept half the rest. And so there, there was a uh, so the way these gems ended up on this mountain, because they're not just going to get there, is the council said the precious stones were being transported on board an Air India Boeing 707, the Kanchenjunga, which crashed on Mount Blanc in 1966, killing 117 people. The crash is the subject of numerous conspiracy theories, mm -hmm. suggesting the flight, which was carrying the father of India's nuclear industry, Homi... Homi don't play that. Yeah, yeah. Homi don't play that. That's, that's well, the one. I know uh, that. Yeah. ...was shot down. People say it was shot down by a fighter jet or missile. Did he go up there searching for these things, or he, he just he just up, happened he was, to be out for yeah. a climb one day, and he found emeralds and sapphires? But I have a lot of like questions about this because this does this establish a legal precedent? Remember, like, um, remember we, we used to say like possession is eighty uh, percent. Like you would steal something from one of your friends when yeah. you were a kid, and you'd be like, oh, possession is eighty percent of the law, right? It sounds like we're kind of establishing that as a legal precedent now, right? These things clearly aren't actually his, but they're just like you can have them. Yeah. I don't really know how that works. Like, I, at some point, I, got, I really do have a lot of questions. Like, if I'm out in the woods today, and I discover someone's wallet, it, does this create the precedent that now I can just, I can keep it no questions asked? Because we all know if we lose our wallet and we had to cash any there, we're not getting the cash back, right? Like, yeah. we've accepted that. But, you know, if you if you take my, my credit card, you steal my identity, you're stealing my identity. Like that, what kind of legal precedent does this set that if you just find something, it doesn't really matter what the story is, how it got there, who it should have belonged to, it's yours now. I got a lot of questions about yeah. that. I got a well, lot of, I don't know. On, on top of that is 
another Air India plane, the Malabar Princess, crashed in nearly the exact same area in 1950, killing all 48 people on board. But two planes crashing in the same spot on this snowy mountain. Right, it's, it's creating like a and, Bermuda Triangle type and, of situation at this point. And then this man just hikes there and just casually finds... This also sounds like it could be a scheme, right? It sounds yeah. like well, it could yeah. be a scheme. Yeah. I got I, I got a lot of questions about the story. I think that I would listen to a, a deep dive podcast about the entire situation. Here's what I know. It does seem to set up a, a, a strange legal precedent. Like if I... If I if I am related to someone who died on one of these flights, I'm probably yeah. fighting like hell about this because like them should be my jewels. That's the, who should be getting and, them. And the ori- the original bag was worth a hundred sixty eight thousand seven hundred dollars. Well, why does he only get to keep eighty thousand worth? Because the uh, government just wanted to. Uh, Wait, the uh, government just started taking the jewels for themselves? Yeah. What the? They, they, they just took I nearly had just said the F word. What the F is going on in can- in France, I mean? What the hell is happening in France? The government just said, they're, they're, you get to have some and we get to have the rest? They said they're going to use them and put them on display in the Chamonix Crystal. But why museum. do they get to do that? Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. 100%. What is the precedent for that? I found this thing. Well, you can have some of it. We'll take the rest. I got a lot of questions, bro. I got a lot of questions. It was good. I'm still, I don't know what to make of you not getting a third one. I got a lot of problems there. But thank you, Jordan. That's young Utes. All right, we need to take one more break. When we come back in, Tidbit Tubular and the Tyus Bowser Show, that's next. Today's show is also brought to you by the Stand the Fan Variety Hour. If you missed uh, Doug DeSensei or you missed uh, John Martin from the Maryland Lottery and gaming, talking about sports betting, um, you can find those shows. Even John Jackson from Duke uh, right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Click on the videos tab or go to pressboxonline.com slash video and find them there. Coming up on Monday, Tim Kirkshin. He's a Hall of Famer now. He's going to join Stan and Ross on Monday night. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Glory Days Grill's winter seasonal menu is back with comfort classics like their house-made meatloaf and short rib grilled cheese. It also features the center-cut sirloin with grilled shrimp, the char-grilled pork tenderloin, grilled meatloaf sandwich, smoky thigh wings with Alabama barbecue sauce, and a Brussels and bacon appetizer. All of these items pair well with Devil's Backbone 8-point IPA or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. And try their seasonal cocktails, Blood Orange Burger, Bourbon Cider, Apple Ginger Mule, and Captain's Hot Cider. Find out more and get your order in today at glorydaysgrill.com. Great food, good sports. Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality Pro-Via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. I've driven my tractor trailer millions of miles, and I've seen it all. The next time you change lanes when driving, remember, because of the sheer weight and size of my truck, I'm not able to stop quickly if you cut me off and brake suddenly. One wrong decision could change our lives forever. Trucks need room to stop. Don't cut it close. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. 
Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A Catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. What's up, everybody? This is Tyus Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Tyus Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, December 21st at Skipjacks on Bel Air Road in Overly. The show is brought to you by Pressbox. Great Eights Memorabilia, Window Depot Baltimore, WindowDepotBaltimore.com, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, Duffy's Garage MD.com, and the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard joins the show courtesy of my bookie. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. This is going to end up going to 1 o'clock today because the, the second segment of Tyus Bowser's show is legitimate. You don't have to stay the whole time, but you can leave. Um, the second segment of Tyus Bowser's show is legitimately like 35 minutes long. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, Brian, we were doing this bit with mascots uh, earlier and, and what mascots I could name. Brian Powell wants to know if you guys can name all the mascots from the D1 schools in the state of Maryland. So you know what? I'm going to engage the two of you. This is a quiz from Brian Powell. Uh, of course, I know that I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna miss two. I think you're gonna miss two of them. But we'll we'll try this. Uh, obviously, you know Maryland. Obviously, you know Towson, right? So we'll we'll throw those out of the way. But we'll start with uh, UMBC. Uh, the Retrievers. You yeah, have about Loyola. The Greyhounds. Don- the great. Oh the my word! Yes, it's definitely the Greyhounds. I was thinking of the, the high school. High school is the Dons. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but Loyola is the Greyhounds. Both my dad and my sister went to Loyola. I should have. That was had rough. That. Um, you of course know Navy. Yeah, the midshipmen. Uh, yeah, Thank yeah. you. Now, now maybe there might be some of these you might slip up on. Maybe we'll see. Morgan State, the Bears, Bears. Coppin State. No idea. No. Not a good look. No. Not a good look. Not a good I look. I haven't watched a Coppin State Doesn't, basketball does game. Does not since matter. I was 11 it years does old. not. You, ch- bro. What do you do for a living now? You're right. This is the type of thing you should know about. What do you want to do for? They're playing Towson yeah. tomorrow. They're one and twelve. Cobbin? Well, that's because they play an insane schedule to start. They yeah, literally yeah. go on the road and play every just to make money. No. Uh, the Eagles, Cobbin State. Cobbin State Eagles. Mount St. Mary's. The ba- oh, no. Oh, I, oh, no. College oh, no. basketball is like the one thing oh, I don't no. know. I, Guys study well, so I don't need you to know Belmont. It's okay if you don't know Belmont. I'll live with you not knowing Belmont. There's zero chance that you're getting the last one then, by the way. It's the Mountaineers from Mount St. Mary's. And then the last one, and we don't cover them, is UMES. They're the some some form of a bird. Okay. Wow. Uh, wow. It's, it's uh, I, I, not pelicans. I want to give you a half a point just I, for. Uh, it's it's Salisbury is the seagull. That's correct. But this is uh, it's I I have it's a bird. It's, it's it's a bird. I'm a, like a bird. A, I'll always fly uh, away. A pelican. She's not a bird. Not a bird. A, a dove. Uh, 
Yeah, right. what are you? Are these are you? What is your guess? The Seahawks. You and me are Seahawks. Seahawks. No, see, you just said the yeah, Seagulls with Salisbury. And the shame is that you're so close. It's just the Hawks. The Hawks. Not the Seahawks. St. Mary's College is the Seahawks, however. Uh, I would like to hope Johns Hopkins is a D1 school in lacrosse. Blue Jays. There we go. All right. At least we finished on that note. That went about as well as I thought it was going to go, frankly, except I'm, the, the Coppin one was particularly. That's a that's a bad look. All right. Uh, so there you go, Brian Powell. That's how that went. Can you name all the counties? This is always a problem for Kyle. Oh, God. You, no, what no, is not, you, not I, even I, close. I, I came not even. Yeah. I what the hell is Like, what are we teaching geography any longer? Geography was my worst. You're not even that young. But, but geography was my worst. But I. this isn't European geography. This is the state of Maryland. You should have visited most of these places. I visited a lot of places, man. I don't know. My God, what is happening in the world? You are old enough that you had to sit and watch all of the school, the, the counties be named by a newsman in order to find out if you were going to school that day or not. Jordan at least has the excuse that he doesn't have to do that. They get a text or whatever. I don't even know what they get anymore. They, they, they send him a TikTok that says you're not going to school today. I just waited till they got to the H's. But you had, you had to wait. You had to know when the H's were coming. I you know. had to listen to the other school systems be no, listed. It was on a thing on the bottom of scroll. But you list. had to know what was coming before to know when they were getting to the H's. You yeah. had to get through Caroline and Carol and Cecil and Charles. You had to get through Frederick County. You had to I, get through all of them. I if know, you got to Howard, I, you hey, knew it was too late. You had I, missed it. I, I know those counties. I just don't know all of them. It's not. It's, you say you know all. If you know those counties and you know the bulk of them, there's 23 plus the city. You seem to have more rage for this than like, you do for the unnamed God, NFL player. You care more about dude. this in my oh, high yeah. school and college geography. I'm bothered because it's back-to-back producers now that don't know the counties in the state of Maryland. When you this hired is not me, asking a lot. You needed to tell me then when we talked I about this. I didn't say it was a prerequisite. I thought I could make a safe assumption. I didn't think this was asking much. Well, when when Lil Jordan inevitably takes my spot at some Jesus. point, he needs to know this. Learn the counties. Like, if I say to you, we're going to Columbia today to go to Meriwether Post Pavilion, do you know what county you would be in? No. Oh, God. Jordan, if I said today, we're going to the state capital of Maryland, we're going to Annapolis, do you know what county you would be in? Oh, my God. Oh, God. Oh, no. I'm sure there's plenty of things that I know that you don't know, sir. I know that that's true, but that's not the state of Maryland where we live. You're from here. If somebody moved here, I wouldn't expect that. You're from here. I can get you around my area. <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, no. I can take you oh, on a tour no. down Ricerstown Road. I'll, I'll do better. I'll do better <sighs> next time. Didn't I'm know not even asking you the tough ones. I'm not even asking you about Western Maryland didn't know or the Eastern Shore. I'm asking about Central Maryland. <laughs> Didn't know on a on a sports talk radio oh, show. I no, need this to know. Is not, no, no, no. You keep trying to make this. This now you're doing the cow bit. This ain't on me. This is on you. Uh, no, I, I'm aware it's on me. This is something that someone who has lived in Maryland their entire life should probably know. If you don't know what county you're in when you're in Annapolis, that's not that's that's bad, man. Why is that that's bad? That's bad. Why, why does why does anybody care? Why oh, is that why is that oh, bad? Paul, stop. You're doing a bad bit. You're sounding like a millennial right now. If it doesn't impact me, it doesn't impact anyone. I am a millennial. It's, I'm with Paul on God, this one. You're not that young. 
You're I, not. Millennials are now in our in our age bracket. Well, I sir, don't. You, no, no, no. I am not a millennial. I millennials am, started in like 1982. No, no, yeah. it didn't. No, it didn't. That's not true. That the it's the 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 millennials. The end of Gen X was still that 1983 when I was born. Stop. Um, but it was a millennial the is anyone born between 1980 and 1995. That's, that's someone's opinion. That's not defined. That's one thing that you found. Nobody born in 1980 associates anyone born with millennials. Between 1981 and 1996. They're just making up numbers. No one associates. This is a weird bit it. that you're doing. No, we have. Millennials no, no, no. Wikipedia, 81 and 96. It's um, not defined. It's someone saying something. Ask anyone born in 1981 if they associate mo- with millennials. People that didn't have a cell phone. Do not associate with millennials. We assume the millennials are the all 16 year olds. No, not today. Those are not millennials anymore. It's people that grew up with cell phones are millennials. I did not get a cell phone. I got I, my car died on a road when I was driving girls around when I was a senior in high school, and I did not have a cell phone to call to get help. That's what I associate with millennials: is cell phones. If you grew up with a phone, you're in that age. Now, there's been a, a generation since, but if you grew up with phones, you're a millennial. If you grew up without them, you ain't a millennial. I don't know, man. You're you're arguing with the rest of the world. No, I'm not arguing with two people that you found on the internet. No. Trust Literally, me, ask anyone who was born, find today. Let's pull in anyone who was born in 1981 and tell me if they think they're a millennial. My God, it's just someone making up a number and probably someone born before 1981 that just <laughs> thinks that anyone that's younger than them has to be dumped into the group of millennials. No one born in 1981 said, I feel like everybody in 1981 is a millennial. I assure you. Oh, man. The assure things, you the things that of you, that. That, that. That you are sticking on right now, man, the anger, like... Well, this is insane. This is insane. And you guys' unwillingness to realize how insane it is, at least... To, I will acknowledge that I should know the counties of the Th- state that I live in. I will acknowledge just that. Just don't fight about it. Just say, yeah, you're right. I should probably know the counties in the I state of Maryland. I'm saying. You spent 20 minutes fighting with me about it. Maybe not 20. Whatever it's been. <laughs> like four. I, whatever the number is, Paul. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'm not keeping See, it. it millennials tend here. to exaggerate, sir. No, that's 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 what people associate with millennials. You're right, <laughs> Paul. It's the exaggeration that people associate with millennials. Oh my God! Yes, uh, John Proctor was born in 1982, and definitely no, no one born within the pre-cell phone era. If you didn't have a cell phone when you were in at least high school, probably middle school, you don't associate yourself as a millennial. The cell phone era is what we associate with the concept of millennials. You and I both had it. We're right around the same age. We both had a number of friends that had cell phones when we were in high school. I had some, but not. I did not have many. I did not have uh, at the tail. Maybe when the year I in, when I was a senior, there were more by far. By the time we were seniors, is when we first started. Like I remember when we were signing each other's yearbooks. The reason I got a cell phone is because of that incident that occurred where literally uh, the car's engine blew up. And I was in a car with Missy Myers and Tina Montalvo, who I love to death. They're two of my favorite people. And literally we're sta- stranded on the side of a road. Nobody's got a cell phone. There's, th- there's three of us. There's three of us. None of us had a cell phone. And so we had to walk all the way to the Mars on Route 1 in, uh, in Perry Hall mm-hmm. in order to find a payphone uh, with which to call my father and tell him that I had ruined his, his car. That was a very pleasant time in my life. But it was also the reasoning was for why I got a cell phone after that incident. They were like, I guess you need one because the assumption back then was that if you were a kid, you didn't need a cell phone. 
that was the way that it worked. So I did not know many. I knew some, but we were calling each other's houses. That's yeah. what we were doing. Okay, we called houses back at that time, and that's why I don't associate myself with millennials. And my, yes, my uh, mom just texted Generation X ends in 1981. Does it's just a thing. This no offense to your mom. <laughs> this is you, the way that you associate. People associate certain things with certain dates. No one in 1982 or 83 associates with millennials because we did not grow. We as to Proctor's point, we grew up knowing people's phone numbers. We grew up having to do that type of work. Now, it changed. The internet boom happened. This is straight shoot. You know why I know I'm not a millennial? Because when I was in college, I was learning how to edit video on the tape. That's what I was learning in college. Not in high school. In college of how to edit video. That's which is how I know. Probably your best example. It's one of them. I've got plenty of examples of why someone born in 1983 is not a millennial. That generation associates with technology. And we got a touch of it, but only a touch. We were using dial up internet in college. What was Zach Morris? Probably Gen, this is Gen X. Yeah, 100% Gen X. Very much so Gen no, I'm just, X. I'm 100%. just kidding because he had the big brick cell phone. My um, dad had that cell phone. What's that? The big Zach Morris brick-like oh, yeah. cell phone. My dad had that I cell mean, phone. Yeah, that's, a, that's a whole different thing. All right. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's a great, it's a great anecdote supporting uh, Glenn's cell phone linkage. My uh, phone a few years back got wet and needed to be dried out. I was about to leave for work, and Jenna said, You can't go without a phone. What will you do? Which John, of course, was like, I'll live. That's... We can survive without phones. But John's wife, who is definitely a millennial, uh, a few years younger than us, not significantly, just a few, um, but she can't, she can't associate with that concept. She cannot fathom a world in which people just wouldn't have a phone upon them, whereas we understand it greatly because we spent much of our life without a phone. Like, we, it, it, it's, it's, you know, that's just the way that that's the technology thing is the line for these generations is that we did not have that. We got, we started to get a taste of it. We started, we were playing Oregon Trail, bro. That's what we were doing. We weren't on the internet. We dying were playing Oregon. Yeah, correct. Dying a dysentery. He, he we're not going to no get, clue what we're talking I am about. so sorry to say, we're not going to get to the Tyus Bowser show today. I'm so, you can find it. It's available. If you missed it, that's on you. We're not going to get to it today. It's what it is. Because we had to have this very important conversation about <laughs> counties and generations and all of those things. Uh, if you missed the Pressbox Fantasy Football Show yesterday, you can find it right now. Facebook.com slash Sports. Click on the Videos tab or go to PressBoxOnline.com slash video. We uh, do it every Thursday morning at 1130 a.m. The Pressbox Fantasy Football Show is brought to you by CCBC, Glory Days Grill, and the Maryland Department of Transportation. KZ will be here once again this coming Thursday morning at 1130 a.m. for the first week of the playoffs. And to be clear, yes, Dave, 100%. Everyone of the, the previous generation associates anyone younger than them with the next generation. That's, that is 100% accurate. So like when I say anyone past 83, I don't know what actual year it is. I don't know if it was 84, 85. I don't know when it starts to swing that, that people of that age had technology for the bulk of their life. I don't know what the – no one knows what the actual year is. We just sort of assume it was after us. That's all we do, and that's why when we define these generations, we throw out these years because it's just after us. That's all we know. All we know is, well, it was past me, so – that, well, I'll just say it was 82. There's nothing that somebody from 82 has in common with somebody that was born in 1990. Like That's that, true. That, that, they're that's vastly true. different things. It's just when we say these generation things, we just throw out these, 
huge swaths of time, technology specifically was what changed that led from a change in Generation X. Generation X, the grunge generation, if you will, into Gen Y or millennials, which was the technology-driven generation. And when that actual change occurred, no one can define what the actual year is. But I assure you, as someone born in 1983, I did not have that technology because, again, I was cutting tape, physical tape, to learn how to edit videos. Very helpful for the rest of my life, by the way. It did a did a great when I when uh, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but straight shoot when I lost uh, when when the radio station went under, the f- I've talked about some of the radio jobs I was offered. I was offered a job doing TV sports in this market, and I don't think I've talked about that much. And it was one of the first offers that I had in that moment was to be a a, a television sports anchor at that point, which is weird because I got a lazy eye and I didn't, we never even talked about that. I was like, that seems like I, only Stephen A. Smith has ever made that work. Not Stephen A. Smith, sorry. Uh, Stuart Scott is the only person. Oh, ever I was going to say, I, yeah. I didn't know. No, Stephen he doesn't. Stuart Scott, of course, did. But uh, one of the first things I said is there is a problem. I, I don't, I have not digitally edited video. Uh, in college, we didn't digitally edit video. I don't know how to do it. It's just not something that I had done at that point in my life as a radio host. I was willing to learn how, the offer wasn't, you know, I didn't take the offer because the money was the problem. Um, but I was willing to learn how, but I didn't know how to do it. I was going to have to learn how to do that job because I, I couldn't, I didn't even do it in college. That's, that's the reality of it. Tidbit. Tidbit brought to you today by uh, Live Casino Hotel. We are so happy. Today is the first day. It's finally here. You can bet on sports in the state of Maryland. Uh, the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. I've, uh, I'm so excited about being there Wednesday and betting at Live Casino and Hotel. Last night, Dalvin Cook returned to action after a shoulder injury sidelined him uh, last week to rush for 205 yards and two touchdowns. The performance was the first 200-yard rushing performance by a running back this season. Only one season since 2000 has failed to feature at least one running back with a 200-yard rushing game, and that was 2017. It was Dalvin Cook's second career 200-yard game, making him just the 25th player in history with multiple 200-yard games. Seven players all-time have at least doubled up Cook, rushing for 200 yards or more four times or more. Who are they? <sighs> Say it one more time as I think about it. Just four, four, there are, there 700 are, yards. There are seven players mm-hmm. all-time who have four, four games hun- or more of 200 yards yeah, rushing. four games or more. So Adrian Peterson is one of them. Adrian Peterson is fir- tied for first on the list yeah. with six. Chris Johnson? No. Um, Jamal Lewis. Jamal Lewis had three. <sighs> this is a bomb. He sucks. Yeah, what an idiot. What a what a pathetic player. Only having three two hundred yard rushing games. Um, Barry, Walt- Barry Sanders. Oh, Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders tied for fifth with four. Um, Walter Payton. I was about no, to say. no. It's a little surprising. It is a little surprising. It's a little surprising. Uh, O.J. Simpson. O.J. Simpson. Tied not a Jew. Tied. <laughs> yeah, not a Jew. But guess who is? Hall of Famer correct. Rod Carew. Con- well, converted, yes. <laughs> O.J. Simpson tied for first with six. Um, how about Emmett Smith? No. I was surprised by that, too. Ladanian Tomlinson. Ladanian Tomlinson tied for fifth with four. Marshawn? Did Marshawn ever uh, even crack? I don't think so. He's not on the list. Yeah. Um, how about... Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry tied for third with five. We're missing. We got four, right? We got four of them. 
Uh, no, you, you got a. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't take Ladanian off the list. Yeah, you, you've got three left. Got three left. Uh, Dickerson. No. Dorsett. No, no, you've got two left. Two left. I thought you said there were seven. Did you? No, I've you got did, four. You, you did not guess that. Yeah, my, I've got my four. Apologies. Yes, there's three left. My, so so Dorsett. No. Jim Brown. No. Nick Chubb. No. Jerome Bettis. No. Edron James. No. Terrell Davis. No, you're missing an obvious one. Curtis Martin. No. Thurman Thomas. No. Frank Gore. No. Marshall. Re- Marshall Falk. No. An obvious one. Mm-hmm. Obvious one. Still active. Technically. Obvious. Te- technically still active. We said Adrian Peterson. You said right. Gore. Technically still active. Mm-hmm. Monster. That, stay, hang on a second. Technically right. still active is messing with me. Te- the technically not, part. Okay, okay so he's, he's still an active player, but he's not playing right now. So a free agent. No. Because he's hurt. Yes. Saquon Barkley. No. Ezekiel Elliott. No. When he's playing. Not playing right now. Oh, Christian McCaffrey. No. You're gonna be really upset with yourself when you don't when you realize who this is. Who's not playing because they're hurt? Not playing because they're, Alvin Kamara is coming back. Alvin Kamara. No. Not playing because they're hurt. This not. is Mike Tyson realm from a couple no. Of it's weeks not. Ago. Stop oh, it. It's not. not you no, know, I just named all the most famous running backs in the NFL. It's not that. Stop. Not playing because they're hurt. Let me see your list. Not playing right now. Because they're hurt. That's, that's on me. What are you? That, that's that's on me. That's on me. Why? Because you guessed him already. It, it was Derrick Henry. I, I, I just got that. Uh, My yeah. God, uh, man! <laughs> it's Mike Tyson level. Get over here, Jesus. John Riggins. Who did I erase? I don't know. This is not. This is. Yeah. This is might be worse than the county situation at this point. This might be a bigger disaster than that. What are we doing? Two more? Yeah, you definitely guessed five because I've got four. Or, or it's on you. This is on you. Arian Foster, Eddie George, Chris John. We guessed Chris Johnson. Maurice Jones-Drew, Matt Forte. You've definitely guessed five. You said I, Adrian Peterson. You got him. Yes. You got OJ Simpson. You got Derek. No, I Henry. did guess OJ Simpson. You're right. All right, Derek that part Henry. is on me. All right, we got five. You're so right. you have two left. Two left. Work done. No. Tiki Barber. Tiki Barber. Really? Five. Oh, I'm surprised wow. by that. Uh, uh, Brian Westbrook. No. Franco Harris. No. I don't know. Clinton Portis. It's a good guess. Corey Dillon. No. I, I, I don't know. It's 1228. Who is it? Earl Campbell. Oh, that would have uh, been a good one. That would have been a good guess. Yeah, that would have been a good guess. Damn it. All right. Very good. That was a cluster F. That whole situation was just really bad. You, uh, I was definitely thrown off, but you did. I, I could have sworn you said Derrick Henry, but I didn't. One hundred percent. So I'm like, one hundred percent got Derrick Henry. Yeah, my bad. All right. Uh, uh, Tibbet was also brought to you today by uh, Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Tubular is brought to you by Window Nation. It's cold out, and that means that energy bills tend to get higher. But Window Nation is here to help. For December only. 50% off all style windows and a house of windows for only $99 a month. Call them today, 866-90Nation, or visit windownation.com in order to find out more. Here's what's coming up, totally tubular, at least some highlights for this weekend. Um, starts tonight. Eh, tonight's not a very exciting night, but uh, if you're a Capitals fan, they play the Penguins at 730. You can't watch it on a TV channel. Got to watch it on ESPN Plus or Hulu. 
Tomorrow, Army-Navy, 3 o'clock on CBS. Towson's at Coppin State, who, of course, are the... Eagles. Thank you. That's at uh, 7 o'clock. Uh, you can watch it on Coppin's website. Morgan's at Longwood at 3. Uh, Mount St. Mary's, who, of course, are the... Just Mountaineers. Oh, Mountaineers. God, thank God. Yeah. Uh, that's at 4 o'clock. They host American. Uh, everything else uh, for college basketball, go to glennclarkradio.com to find that out for tomorrow. Of course, the Heisman Trophy presentation is tomorrow night. We're assuming that Bryce Young is going to win. That's at 8 o'clock tomorrow night on ESPN. Uh, there's a UFC fight tomorrow night. Um, uh, Dustin Poirier is in action. That's 10 o'clock on pay-per-view. On Sunday, Ravens-Browns won at CBS. The late games on Fox, Giants-Chargers, for some reason locally, is what you get. That's a thriller at four. Jake Fromm. I mean, sure, Jake Fromm, because D.L. Hall is best friends with him. They wanted to put his game on, so that D.L. I don't even think, know if D.L.'s here, so I can't even tell you if he'd be watching it. Uh, 425 on CBS, 49ers-Bengals. So you're not getting the Buccaneers-Bills game. That's an interesting decision. That's the big national game. They're going to give you 49ers-Bengals instead because of the divisional um, uh, scenario. The Joe, Joe Mick. And didn't practice today, by the way. And that I saw the line move yesterday. Starting to get nervous. I about will say that. I am interested in the in the Bengals 49ers game because I want the 49ers to win. Well, you want the 49ers to win, but it's just not a marquee game. Yeah. Whereas Buccaneers Bills is a is a massive game. They're just going with the divisional angle instead of going with the big game. It's just an interesting choice by WJZ. The night game, of course, Bears Packers because sure, why not? At 8:20, all these great games. They're putting Bears Packers on. I own you. What's Aaron, that? Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. Oh, that's right. That's correct. That is that is that is something that happened. Uh, Maryland basketball on Sunday plays Florida up in Brooklyn at 4:30. So you know if you want to watch your puppy die, uh, <laughs> oh, the Florida just lost Texas Southern, so maybe not. Uh, Maryland and South Carolina women's basketball Sunday at uh, three o'clock on ESPN as part of the Jimmy V Women's Classic. Loyola's at home at two on Sunday on ESPN Plus. Navy's at Marist at two. All the rest of that you can find at glennclarkradio.com. Anything in particular that stands out non-sports wise? Um, not, not on, not really on Friday. David Allen Greer is going to be on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Netflix has a bunch of movies premiering. Um, tomorrow it's going to be Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Ah, never. Uh, and Frosty, and then Frosty returns, and this time he's pissed. Um, oh, oh, I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. <laughs> I just Frosty returns. Yeah, right. Um, so that's tomorrow night. That's going to be on CBS, I believe. Okay. Um, and then on Sunday. You have on Paramount Yellowstone. You have on Fox's 70th Miss Universe competition. Never miss that. Uh, travel Paranormal called on camera. And then on on Showtime, Dexter New Blood. Apparently, this is the sixth episode. I've just missed it completely. Yeah, I have not watched any new season yet. Yeah. And a lot of people, are that, if you love Dexter, the, the word is that you're going to like the new season. Mm. But they moved him somewhere. I don't, whatever. I don't want to talk about it. I haven't watched yet. I'll get to it eventually. And then on HBO, the S- Succession season finale at 9, Insecure at 10, and um, Curb Your Enthusiasm at 10. All right. Very good. Everything else, find at glennclarkradio.com. Tubular was also brought to you by the Baltimore area Chick-fil-A restaurants. If you're looking for a simple holiday meal, then I would encourage you to check out Chick-fil-A from Chick-fil-A Nuggets to Mac and Cheese. Enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. Yes, we ran out of time. I'm sorry. Um, but there are plenty of places for you to find the Tyus Bowser Show. You can watch it Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or at PressBoxOnline.com uh, slash video. You can watch it. You can listen to it in the archives. Um, it was a great second segment. I'm sorry we're not going to get – we just ran – it's on me. We ran out of time. Um, but I wouldn't. this is a great way for me to say, go find it. Go find it right now. And especially, I, we're going to try to share the video out. Tyus made a statement about mental health that was like particularly moving to me um, and kind of came out of nowhere. And so I would encourage you to go watch the second segment just for that alone. But there's a lot of other. In fact, uh, it sort of had a, 
he, he got me to open up about an incident that occurred in my life at one point. It became almost an intervention, frankly, uh, that Tyus led me through, uh, opening up about uh, something that had happened. So um, find all of it. Uh, go right uh, go right now into those places, and you can watch or listen to segment two of the Tyus Bowser Show. What's coming up on the bat around tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow we got Stan for his weekly segment. We're going to do a um, – Zach and I are going to – Try and build a roster from the last three seasons to see if it would be a competitive roster, which is, I mean, there's no way to see, but what we would think would be a competitive roster. For the um, Orioles. For the Orioles. Okay. And and then we have from, uh, he's, he covers a Mets, Justin Toscano. He's going to okay. go and talk about their offseason. Very good. Thanks today to uh, Jeff Chidia from NFL Network, NFL.com. Thanks to Don Marcus. Thanks also to the great Kevin Harlan, as well as to Bo Smolka. We'll get all of that up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Might be making a change, by the way, in greatest. We just might be moving everything to one account. I'll, I'll get you more details about that, um, you guys. But it won't really affect you if you subscribe to the show. And it just might be that we send the clips to the same account as we send the full shows to moving forward. We're we're tinkering with that at the moment. We're doing some tinkering. Um, all right. So thanks to uh, Lil Jordan. How can people follow you on uh, Twitter? Oh, we need Jordan's microphone on. Yes. Schwartzberg JS and on Instagram at jschwartzberg1. Very good. Thanks to uh, Jordan. Thanks everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, ExxonMobil, KNS Automotive, the Maryland Lottery, Great Eights Memorabilia, Live Casino Hotel, the Baltimore area Chick-fil-A restaurants, Maryland Department of Transportation, Underdog Fantasy Football, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, Window Depot, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com, and my bookie. Thanks to Paul. Follow him on Twitter at Paul Valley the Third. Tell him what the counties are. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. I'll see you for Project Game Day on Sunday. Go Ravens. Go all the local college basketball teams. Go Navy. Beat Army. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.